Mr. Sonoda. I'm trying to keep up, baby. I think the people are. Or at least some people. All right. Did it work? How well did it work? All right. So this is our first points of interest podcast. Um, it came with good timing. There's a lot to talk about. Would you say? I agree. So, do we want to dive right in, or do we, we want to talk a little bit about the podcast first? Sure. I am Zero State, uh, or Zero State Live, uh, on Twitch and YouTube and Twitter, where I act stupidly all the time, and uh, my mildly, yeah. And uh, that's about it. I stream a lot of Star Citizen, a little bit of Elite Dangerous, not so much recently, but uh, also been in Cyberpunk a little bit lately, and uh, really mm -hmm. love the Star Citizen community. Really love where the Star Citizen project is aiming. Um, and somebody who generally is willing to criticize CIG as well as praise them. So that would be my description of myself, hopefully. Very nice. And you are. My name is Citizen Sonoda. Formerly, I was known as Adonis Undead, which uh, got my claim to fame through the Battlefield stream team, uh, streaming on the Electronic Arts official channel here on Twitch. Um, knew nothing about streaming a couple years ago and took the opportunity. I've given a couple talks at a couple gaming conventions like the Montreal uh, Game Summit in Montreal. I've been to Dolby Studios a couple times uh, along with EA. And when I heard about Star Citizen maybe four-ish years ago, I saw it as an opportunity to take roleplay to the next level. And that's what I'm doing here on Twitch. I met Zero, and that's all she wrote. A love yeah. story blossomed. Yeah. Love story. Maybe a little bit about the stream um, as well. So this was uh, something that we've been wanting to do for a while, Zero and I. I think he would agree with that. And um, mm -hmm. you, you guys are probably going to notice something different than our normal streams. We're going to be talking over each other. We're going to be chiming in, talking uh, maybe a bit more cavalier about some topics with Star Citizen. Um, it's definitely each other's stream. But the audience, is, it's definitely intended for you guys in a different context, I think. Something a bit more unrefined, I guess, as opposed to what we normally do. So if you guys could just bear with us as we get through our first episode, um, yeah. greatly would appreciate it. Right on. Yeah, and, and that's the same as if anybody's in either of the Twitch chats, I strongly encourage you guys at the moment to... Um, uh, open up from, from my chat, open up Citizen Sonoda as well. You'll get both um, perspectives that way. Um, and you can have both chats open perhaps to see 
chat as it kind of rolls and be able to respond to people in either chat. If somebody asks a question on Sonoda's stream, maybe somebody from my stream might have an answer to a question um, and be able to kind of give feedback uh, on a you know, multi-base. Yeah. You guys can help out is what I'm trying to say. So if people in the chat, you guys are here to um, obviously hang out and learn about Star Citizen, but also to inform as well. So if there's anything that you guys have to say, feel free to have both chats open and be able to kind of um, and, uh, you know, be able to respond in kind as well. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll be taking questions. Um, we have something of a loose format that we're going to be sticking to, but we'll definitely be taking questions from you guys, you know, hearing your opinions, kind of giving a repeat on it, and then how we feel about it. Uh, we do have a, a bit of a lineup this evening, and in Zero we'll, we'll tell you guys exactly what that is. And then right when we were getting things set up, the new Inside Star Citizen dropped, so we decided we wanted to go over that as well. Indeed. Let me. Should we dive in? Yeah, let's dive right into those topics. I gotta fix you. Let's but do it, baby. There we go. Ooh, All right, I've been fixed go. before. The. All right, so our first topic of the night. Three thirteen one live. I think I have right the on. patch notes too. I'm gonna go and switch over to the screen inspector. All right, we'll do. All right, so it's a pretty big patch. Um, it actually. I think it. I think a lot actually came through as far as um, I don't want to say content, but we've seen a lot of fixes that a lot of people were asking for from three thirteen one. I think we saw um, just a lot of. I would say a lot of little quality of life stuff. Some things that were missed. I think on the quality of life thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we saw some really interesting things. So we can kind of go through it a little bit at a time. Maybe uh, we can go paragraph by paragraph a little bit. Um, and start out. We'll probably get save known issues for maybe after we get through some of the new features. We'll skip back to that, perhaps. Um, right. So I'm just going to read from it, if you don't mind, Sonoda. Does that work for you? No, dude, I'm going to follow along through the release okay. view, just what we were expected to see, and then yeah. uh, you kind of go through some of the patch notes here, and then we'll, we'll kind of just pause uh, as we Yeah, that'd through. be great. Yeah. yeah. Go for All it. Right. Um, so it's been released. Um, the live version is 3.13.1. Uh, it's live.7426287 on your launcher. Um, they recommend the same thing as always uh, to delete your user folder. I typically don't do that. I do delete my shaders mm -hmm. folder. This was actually a, a really good one to delete your shaders folder for um, because it, they did do some tweaks to the shaders and different things. I noticed that when I loaded into PTU, I was pretty heavy in the PTU for this. And um, there were like almost every time that there was a new patch iteration, all of my shaders would reload the first time I loaded in. So um, this one was was one that you definitely want to delete your shaders folder at some point. Uh, I think even if you've already logged into live since it dropped, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it does. A lot of people do yeah. the uh, the copy the copy of the folders, and it, for whatever reason, I've always been skittish about it. Uh, but I do know people that do the shader deletion as well. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so in gameplay, uh, they added ship, ship to station docking. Um, they did this for just a couple of ships, um, the 890 jump, as well as the um, hammerhead, are, are in with with ship to station docking. Mm -hmm. um, I, I got my I got a chance to do ship to station docking uh, in the PTU. I haven't done it since it's been live, but they actually got it working pretty well, especially the auto dock sequence. Um, I think they did a really good job with that. Um, it's not perfect there's still some weirdness uh for instance my 890 jump when i pulled it into dock i was not able to do things like rearm and repair um 
and that kind of stuff. I tested it at a couple of different uh, places. So there's still something to work on, a lot to work on with that. And I think they're going to add some more ships to that roster. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, really uh, overall, I think it, it was a pretty good, pretty good addition. What do you, what, you have any thoughts on that one? I, you know, I was thinking about it because I've only done um, what was with the Constellation. I haven't been in. I, I kind of took the the 313-1 until it went live and kind of went on a little like week hiatus. So I haven't seen that part. And I didn't dip my toes into the PTU for 313-1, um, mainly because I wanted to see what changes. I guess we're going to be switching over to live because I my experience with the PTU... Um, is hit and miss at times, but I was wondering when it came to the docking, if that's what they intended it to be. Maybe there's going to be something different when it comes to station station docking in bigger vehicles or, or larger ships, I should say. And if it's just meant strictly to maybe embark and disembark for the personnel aboard the ship, and you have to go somewhere else in order to refuel right. and rearm, kind of thing. Yeah, and I I also think um, you know we're going to be seeing expanded numbers of ships that aren't able to make it into atmosphere. So this right. is kind of a precursor, I think, to that as well, um, where yeah. there's going to be ships that they aren't made to enter atmosphere and to deal with that kind of gravity and stuff, right? So um, so being able to deal with that is going to be very important, um, you know, going forward. So something that CIG does a lot, and a lot of you guys may know this, um, is CIG will tend to create on a smaller scale some kind of mm -hmm. tech, for instance, the parasite docking with the constellation works exactly like ship to station docking. And I mean exactly. There's a couple of different mm -hmm. keybinds, but as far as how the, the game sees it, it is a small thing docking with a larger thing and docking with it in a certain spot in a certain way with the same UI. Um, and and that is a very important thing to realize that they take something small and they, they make it work in a small scale and then they scale it up. The same thing with mining and the Grey Cat Rock. Um, and the uh, tractor beams and things like that that they've worked with. So, Yeah, it begs the question what's going to be happening with the larger ships. You know, the ones that are not meant to, uh, simply maybe because of their sizing, engines, or even fuel capacity to go into yeah. ammo. Uh, I believe the, what, the two or three that are able to do it now with the ship, ship docking can do it, but you just you eat through so much fuel. Mm -hmm. um, It'll be interesting to see other things, maybe like the Kraken, which has the ability to go planet side as opposed to uh, um, doing ship to ship docking with uh, that kind of tech. As I don't know what other ones they have in mind. I know they've spoken about um, larger ships, but I don't know. That's something to think about. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's another part of it, too, is um, you have to make those kind of decisions based on. Um, your style of gameplay is it worth me taking my ship down into atmosphere or is this a task that i could do without taking this ship down maybe yeah. i can take you know the parasite ship down or maybe i can take a different ship down maybe i can take uh an example might be a constellation just do i take my constellation all the way to the surface of this planet or do i take my constellation into suborbital and have it hover there, which is much easier for the constellation to do maybe than flying all the way down and all the way back out. Just constellation as an example. Right. Um, but you know, but it's a good little to... taste. It's a good taste yeah. for sure to see. You know, it, it reminds me of that that scene in uh, it start in I think it's like um, Revenge of the Sith where Obi Wan goes down to the to the planet in that circular looking spaceship. It it reminds me a lot of that, and 
it uh, it wets the whistle a little to see what other ships are yeah. going to have that capability later down the line for Star Citizen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So it's it's both exciting, and uh, also you do it a few times and you feel like you've done it a hundred times. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it, it's both things. But we do have to kind of realize that every time we do something like this in game, is is us seeing what they're going to do with it, you know, going forward. You know, and we kind of have to think about in that terms. Right? I think I liked what they did with the constellation, though, um, and the docking procedure. If that's what it's going to be across mm -hmm. the board, I liked it. It was like its own little mini game to a certain point, and then you can use the auto mm -hmm. the auto dock feature. Um, but I, I liked what they did with it. I hope to see different yeah. iterations of it, but I liked it. And the question I would I walk away with with that is, um, how can they? How can CIG continue to make these systems? and make it so that the systems are worth using. So mm -hmm. um, instead of instead of me just flying my constellation down to a location or up to a location or whatever, um, what is the reason for me getting into the snub ship and taking that somewhere? Or if I have a Carrick and I have the, uh, the Pisces docked inside of it, what is the benefit to me taking the Pisces out and using that as the runabout ship to go somewhere? Right. Versus ta just taking the whole Carrick there. Yeah, you know, and so CIG is going to have to kind of struggle with, I think, that um, that, that balance duality. almost. Yeah, that balance of how can we make these systems and ships and locations and tasks in such a way that players will use these ships to the fullest of their extent and mm -hmm. and have benefit from that. Um, you know, I think a great example is the Carrick and the Pisces. You know, and there's going to be a lot of ships that have you know, ships inside of them, like the, the Constellation is going to have the Snub Fighters and uh, the Carrick with the Pisces or other ships, the 890 Jump with its runabout ships. Um, mm. So lots of different options that I really like. No, and I, I think you're right. I it needs CIG needs to incentivize players being able or having the need to do that. You know, maybe you can't, you know, just for the sake of the conversation, the cave system, you obviously can't mm. take bigger ships into the cave and you... Right ones that you can't take land vehicles into or maybe that are a bit more inaccessible to be on foot and they're exclusive to maybe some type of craft having to go in there 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 needs to be incentive for sure and then finding that balance you know having cig find the balance between mm -hmm. the two do hey we know you got this big ship we know that you know xyz needs to be completed down in this cave um or wherever uh this is what you need to do or this this is an option and just give give the player or players and their crew the ability to do just that um right. that's going to be a balancing act and i don't think it's one we've seen just yet i think we're, we're we're touching the tip here especially with the introduction of the ship to station docking and even the ship to ship docking uh, but it'll be interesting to see for sure yeah I just had I had somebody mention um, Pyremius uh, in the chat mentioned fuel costs yeah. and component wear are going to have to scale quite a bit to make the snubs more popular and I agree with that um, absolutely having a a large ship um, how how much is this going to wear on my ship how much am I going to pay yeah. in fuel rather than just going through my ship or sending my XO or something uh, mm -hmm. in the Pisces down to the planet to do whatever task that I need taken care of it's a very right. very good point I mean even um, thinking about Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just even on a grander okay. scale, something we haven't even seen yet, but I think it it ties into the ship to station, or I'm sorry, ship to ship docking, is 
that huge asteroid field. I think it's here in Stanton. We just haven't seen it yet. You know, yeah, what if, in Halo. Yeah. What if your what if your Kraken or whatever just simply can't navigate that because it's it's at risk? So it, you there's an objective there or whatever scouting party, what have you. You you would have to deploy smaller craft, Buccaneers, <clears throat> into that field to to sort of navigate help navigate perhaps or you know complete the mission so to speak. Yeah, for sure. I just had a a, a weird camera glitch on your end. My apologies. Um. I think it's going to happen. We should, over. we should probably tell everyone it's there's something chromatic happening. Uh, it may be yeah. just my giant bald head and the lighting, but uh, yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> and for those listening on Spotify, um, Sonoda has a giant mohawk. That's his hairstyle. So if you guys want to check sure. him out, twitch.tv forward slash citizen Sonoda. Uh, check him out. You'll get to see it in person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And primarily, uh, just so everyone knows, we're going to be, if you're listening on Spotify, we're going to be referring to a lot of things that we have open. We have many tabs open to help us, you know, navigate some of these topics. So we're going to be doing our best to, you know, give you some type of uh, visual here when we explain things. But we'll try to keep it uh, as open ended as possible. Yeah. I'm going to open um, up one of these new accelerators. I'm sorry. I just, it's just sitting here and I, and I have an addiction. But please go ahead. Okay. So there was another. Uh, there was another um, point that was posed that I really like that the Polaris is actually a really good kind of baseline for that example of having another craft inside the ship that will make its way down to orbit rather than the main ship because the Polaris, you know, much mm. bigger ship, obviously. So that's that's a perfect example. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. Yep. So. Mm. What did else? we? Anything else? Uh, the what did we? was posed about ship docking and whether or not you can repair you are supposed to be able to, but it often doesn't work. Yeah, at the moment. So, right. What did we have next on the ships? We had the new. You had you got your hands on the Tumbral Nova, didn't you? I did. I was uh, I was able to pretty extensively test the Tumbral Nova, mm -hmm. and it it pretty much met the expectations that I had for it. Um, I I was you know we were able to load it up onto an M2 day one, which was really cool along with a ballista you can fit three tanks in a hercules uh either one of them c2 or m2 um just barely i would say two comfortably or a ballista and a tank comfortably or mm -hmm. a ballista and a tank and a couple of tumbrils or something like that. i mean the cargo bay and those are huge but as far as the nova is concerned it started out doing twenty six thousand alpha damage Jesus. which is a lot yeah uh and it was something like eight thousand dps um they have toned that back a little bit but it still does do a lot of damage per shot I think it um, should, so though, I, right? It should. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely should. It, it fires once every about three or four seconds, so it's not like a really mm. fast-paced firing weapon. Good. Um, yeah. And they did reduce also its projectile speed. So its projectile speed is something in the realm of like six or seven hundred. Uh, it was more like nine, nine hundred or a thousand. So it lobs um, more now. Yeah, it lobs a little bit more. I think it's going to have a little bit more bullet drop, especially on planets like Microtech that have a little bit higher Oh, uh, man, I didn't, even think, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Wow. Yeah, so one thing that is going to be really interesting um, is hmm. it, when you're in, I noticed when you're in the gunner seat or when you're in the pilot seat, so if you're a pilot, you get to use the gun if there's nobody in the gunner seat. Um, and then there's a co-pilot seat as well uh, mm -hmm. that has a remote turret, remote turret access, which is kind of cool. Um, but if you have a gunner for the main gun, he can enter the remote turret for that um, and use the gun. Now, one thing I noticed that the gun is notably lacking 
is any sort of range finding you know you you have you have pips obviously with it right so you have yeah. like the normal you know shooty pip or whatever aiming pip sure um reticle and uh, but at the same time i think i'd almost prefer a sort of hud that gives you like the typical like mill dots or range finding lines you know to be able to say like on a 1g planet like microtech you know this many lines is going to be an extra whatever range you know that the typical what you see in a tank as far as like ranging your projectiles especially with the lower projectile speed and more bullet drop mm -hmm. i would like to see that but again that's you know i don't make the decisions so we we did have mr tubo say he says don't forget the turret is designed to ha have high alpha damage which turret uh you're referring to i think he's the... talking about the the cannon Oh, the main cannon. Yeah, there's a main cannon, and then there's um, a secondary turret that I think comes with a couple of bulldog laser repeaters what, on it, what, like the size ones. Where are my tank bros at? What what is that called? It's it's like the coax. Is that what? It, does it have a coax gun? I haven't got my hands on it, so I I don't know. The coax is like a, usually a ballistic weapon for. Um... Yeah, in this case, it's a it's a laser repeater. So okay, so it does have some type of. Yeah, coax and it it would. Typically, it would be the anti-infantry gun. It would be able to aim pretty close to the main body of the tank. Um, mm -hmm. But in this case, it, it can aim a little bit closer than the main tank. Or a weapon can, the main the main gun. Yeah. Um, and it, it is rapid fire, so it can deal with, you know, like a tumbrel coming in or something like that. Um, oh, but it can't aim very close. Um, it, you know, it just, it's... It doesn't aim down quite as, as far as I'd expect it to or want it to. Um, but again, it's not awful, so... At yeah. least it's something uh, Overall, I, I think that... Yeah, overall, I think the tank is is really cool. I think it adds a lot of interesting tech to the game, the way it multi-crews. It uses all size zero components, uh, which is kind of neat. And uh, the, the, tra the track system is interesting because it really does drive like a tank. When you turn it, it doesn't turn like a vehicle. It turns like a tank, like on its, you know, zero. Yeah, yeah. Like a zero degree turn. Um, that has created some challenges pretty clearly uh, for the vehicle teams in order to get it to climb well. If you're climbing a hill and you start to turn the tank, it loses traction on one side completely. It doesn't, you know, kind of turn like you'd expect it to. So they're going to have to overcome some of those challenges for the sake of gameplay. Um, but as far as realism, I think they pretty much nailed it, mostly. Yeah, I've heard some good things. Like, it actually feels a bit hefty when it's moving around. Mm -hmm. I even Definitely. heard good things about the gun and the projectile that's lobbed out. Uh, I don't think I've heard mm -hmm. anything negative about the, the tumbrel so far. So, like I said, I, that's something I haven't got my hands on yet, and I'm excited to. Um, I'll probably do it um, during Invictus, which uh, right. I believe it starts tomorrow. Well, I know we're going to talk about it here a bit later. Um, yeah. Yep. But what about the star lifters? What do you, what do you have to say about those? Uh, it, it really is, you, you know, have you been in a, you've been in an MSR, right? I have. Yes. Okay. So the MSR is a very satisfying ship. You get in it, it the corridors feel, you feel like you're in a, a freaking spaceship. You know, I don't know something about it and it's just mm -hmm. very satisfying almost the entirety of the ship and the Hercules Starlifters do not disappoint on any of those levels whatsoever. Um, they are satisfying almost through and through. The audio from all the doors, um, the way that the elevator functions, it's a little bit slow, but there's a ladder that you can take. It's very, very Crusader. It hits, in my opinion, I think it hits almost every Crusader design point that you would expect from a Crusader ship. Like, yes, it has an elevator, but instead of it being an origin ship where it relies on that elevator, you yeah. also have a 
ladder right next to it, which is awesome. Um, mm -hmm. And the ladder is, you know, pretty quick way to get around the ship um, if you need to. Um, I think the ship is well designed. It when you're in the upper area, it feels like you're in the upper area of the ship. Like it really feels like you're on top of a giant cargo bay. Yeah. Um, the way it's shaped, the way it's designed, the way that the habs are off to the side. I mean, it, it feels like you're driving a little building around or like you're flying a building around. And that's such a very cool experience from a bigger ship for it to and be quite nimble. This will be our biggest ship flyable currently. Am I right in saying that? I, I'm not a huge fan. Oh, uh, not itself, quite. But... It's 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 smaller than a few, um, but it does currently. So the C2 has the most cargo capacity of any currently flyable ship. I think it's at 708 SCU. But this is the largest ship that could hold other vehicles to date. There's no, there's uh, nothing else like that that we currently have right now. Yeah, the only thing that can hold vehicles like this uh, would be maybe the 890 jump, but it can't. I don't think mm. the 890 jump can haul around the tank because i've seen i've seen a couple screenshots of people uh yeah. with this ship and they've had like i don't know four or five tanks grand pack now obviously it's not ideal but um because i think it's supposed to only be able to hold two or three uh like logically fitting in there but i've seen people yeah cramp some, cramp some stuff in there yeah two tanks will fit nicely a tank uh, mm -hmm. a great loadout would be like a tank and a uh two tumbrils and a ballista would be a really good, you know, like that would be a pretty good loadout for an M2, um, for instance. So, yeah, I think that's that's probably good there. As far as like ship size, mm -hmm. uh, the Carrick, the 890 Jump, Reclaimer um, are all quite a bit bigger. Um, you know, it's, but as far as cargo capacity, nothing really comes close. Um, the, the Caterpillar comes close to the M2, um, but the C2 is just unmatched right now. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what Chad is saying. It has the most cargo, and it, it has the typical mm -hmm. geometry, like you were saying, of a Crusader yep. Industries ship. And um, as I said, I'm not. I'm my my tastes are very specific, uh, but the ship looks great, and I've been hearing a lot of good things um, for the tank and the Starlifter itself. So it'll be interesting to see it in game for me. As, yeah. as I said, I haven't seen it yet, and just to see what other citizens out there are going to be doing with it. Uh, Super interested to see what organizations are going to be doing, you know, org versus org type scenarios. Absolutely. Because um, now, now it's the, it's just getting real. It's getting real now to the point where we have a bit more gameplay with mm -hmm. org related, um, org related gameplay. <laughs> yeah. But we're moving along, because um, yeah. I know those were the the three there. Uh, what did you want to jump into next? The I know we have the future updates with gameplay and some of the bug fixes. Yeah, let's go through that. I mean, and we could kind of, you guys are definitely free, both chats, obviously, uh, definitely free to check out these patch notes uh, in your own time and along with us. Um, so as far as gameplay, um, I think this was kind of a miss by CIG, but they've, they have introduced a new arena commander mode, which is a one versus one duel mode. Um, yeah, super which exciting. Is, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's cool. Um, I like it, but at the same time, I feel like they could have gotten this exact same functionality by fixing the current game modes to allow you to do a one versus one custom match on your own. Um, one of the biggest problems that I've always had with Arena Commander with my Merit combat training stuff was we had four or five people, five, six people, and we would, you know, in, get everybody into a party and we would try to load into a free fly and it just wouldn't do it. It would only load four of us in or it wouldn't give yeah. you the option, etc. 
So I think that instead of working on Arena Commander mode to add the 1v1 duel thing, I would have liked to see them um, just fix what they currently had to allow us to make 1v1 duels at our leisure. I think that would have been would have been a little bit better in my opinion. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm still glad that they added it. It's just kind of like, and I wish that they would have gone on top of that and could just fixed Arena Commander so it was a little bit more useful overall. I think they, they went this direction um, maybe as like a one-off thing. I, I don't know. Uh, but it seems like this was a way to kind of appease the PvP crowd a bit instead yeah, of meeting up in Grimex. You know, now you just, you know, instead of, I guess, trolling, as some some people will put it, uh, if you want to duke it out with someone and settle a score, I see it, it. That's just what it comes off to me. This is the way to do it. Add them to your friends list, 1v1 each other, decide who's better kind of thing. I don't think I don't know if they had in mind, or maybe this is something precursor to to uh, theaters of war. I'm not entirely sure, um, or they're testing something. Who knows with CIG? But that's kind of what it seemed like to me. If you got a, if I just didn't like zero and we wanted to figure out who was better, you know, this is the way to do it. But yeah, true. Yeah, I think um, and then it, then we had location security. Well, now. Um, be more aggressive based on criminal heat in the area and heat was its own separate thing if you guys remember when they introduced um the whole uh like not revamping of the law system but a bit of an update heat is something that that happens with your crime stat depending on what you're doing and where you're at mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and zero could probably break this down a little bit my knowledge is limited yeah so um that's a great point um so heat definitely has been affected uh in 313.1 um i have definitely noticed a much uh quicker i would say more aggressive response sometimes even more aggressive than you expect um where if, if there's somebody with a crime stat in the area a lot of times you'll have security ships just kind of streaming in you know what i mean yeah so right right and it, it's different security ships they're still mm -hmm, deploying mm -hmm. out the different security ships i know Oh, we got in trouble one time, and we had a couple um, javelins yeah. get deployed. And didn't even realize we were like we were so hard fixed on the one that we didn't realize that there was like two others coming up behind us with rail guns. Yeah, the Idrises. Yeah, Idrises. Yeah, excuse me. Was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, excuse yep. me. So I'm, um, I'm curious to know if they're gonna fine tune that a bit because that seems like a lot of overkill. Um, but then again, that'll take me into a different conversation of yeah. I think they need to be tougher personally, but that's just yeah. I. I I agree, and I, I liken uh, it to Elite Dangerous a little bit. So Elite Dangerous mm -hmm. has this setup where if you're a bad enough bad guy, right, um, they'll send the ATR after you. Uh, Advanced Tactical Response, I think is what it stands for. And right. these are ships that are heavily engineered. They are top-tier ships, and they are elite pilots. Um, and they send, like, eight of them after you. They all jump in at a very similar time, and they wreck you. Uh, pretty quickly. Um, if you can survive the ATR's assault, then yeah, you're you're a pretty good pilot. Usually, you end up running away from the ATR, which is good because they're AI. Um, mm -hmm. And having AI that's actually scary is something that's really, really important. Um, I think something that's coming up is going to be the surrender system that they're going to be putting in. So, with the surrender system comes the ability to say like, okay, I've got a CS1 or a CS2 or whatever it might be. I don't want to get killed by these guys because they're going to be hyper aggressive, right. but I do want the ability to surrender to them so that I don't die. You know what I mean? And how they flesh that out is going to be pretty interesting. So. Yeah, and that is super important. I mean, right now there's no, and I talk about this 
quite a bit, as you well know. It's just the whole, there's no consequence right now for anything. But this is uh, another, just another step, you know, another tile being laid in the right direction of, hey, my life means something, my ship means something, everything that I've accumulated up to this point means something. Yes, I've been a damn dirty criminal up to this point, but I don't want to die. I don't want to. I don't want to mm -hmm. have to do. Uh, you know, so I don't have money for cloning. You know, as they explain in Death of a Spaceman Part Two, you know, and have to do the whole rigmarole all over again. I I want to value what I have and what I've accumulated and take it to the next level. So I'm just going to surrender now. Mm -hmm. But I could have sworn yeah. that they were. Was did it surrender? Get pushed back, or removed? I can't. I know. It's still up here on the on the release, but I could have sworn that it was uh, being pushed. We'd have to look at the roadmap roundup. I guess we'll hit that. I can't remember if that was one of the things that got pushed. I know a lot of medical stuff did, but again, we'll we'll get to there in a, a little bit here. Right, right. Yeah, when we hit when we hit roadmap roundup, I can't remember off the top of my head if anybody wants to chime in. But uh, yeah, yeah. So um, lots of bug fixes um, mm -hmm. for those of you um, you know who are watching on on my screen. I assume Sonoda's got it up too. Um, so. And it looks like they may have done some fixes with SDF shields, which is a big deal um, for uh, players. Uh, as far as like moving and things like that, there was some issues with SDFs. Um, yeah, lots of lots of neat little things. Are there any bug fixes that you want to kind of key on, Sonoda? Um, it's coming out of uh, 3.13 to 3.13.1. I know there was a lot of connectivity issues and server-related things. Uh, even with the SDF shielding, I think there might have been something where it wasn't displaying properly. No, there was nothing really too noticeable on my end other than the usual, um, I guess, bugs that we have to deal with. In my opinion, I think 3.13 was a good patch, and I was really looking forward to the 3.13.1 and all the fixes that came in. I know there was a couple key ones um, having to deal with the reputation, and sometimes that would lock up or even reset for a lot of players. And then making the game entirely unplayable, even after doing a, um, you know, an account reset, which should just be like the end all, uh, and it was still persisting. Uh, did you experience anything on your end that was truly notable when the, with the bug fixes? Um, I mean, SDFs do seem like they're a little bit more reliable. Um, I haven't with had three thirteen huge... one, right? Yeah, with three thirteen one. Um. I, I did notice like the fix they did of the Talon where mm -hmm. um, it was having some issues where it was sitting with its nose kind of on or in the pad and that was causing some problems for landing. Um, yeah, I mean, just a, a lot of general little stuff. Um, there were some, and there's some that, there's some fixes that are, that I wish that they had fixed, that they didn't. One big one for 313 and that made it, I think to 313.1 um, is for instance, my um, friends list is mm. um stuck at 50 um and right. uh yeah yeah i do want to take one second there's um it, uh, just to go back a second we were talking about surrender and stuff sure um, the, the topic was posed that uh, the only consequence to dying is for criminals which uh, to a certain extent I, I agree with that and i think that you know as we get to death of a spaceman the consequences will be a little bit more equaled out um and i mentioned that um bounty hunters lose their 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 bounties for a player bounty if they die um and sometimes they're sent across the system or whatever it might be um and the, the the question was then or the response was then posed losing a bounty and going to jail aren't comparable consequences which is true um i will maybe counter with there are lots of ways to get lots of merits really fast and then send them away via merit trading 
Um, so I would think for somebody who flies very, very, very red and who has a big pile of merits stored up on an alt account, which is something you a, a lot of people do in the game, going to jail isn't really a consequence either at the moment. So, so now, we're, we're... if somebody doesn't have any merits, going to jail can be a pretty big consequence, especially when you run into the bugs with like missions not spawning and stuff like that. So, so, so the question was the the penalty is entirely on the criminal, is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, and I, I sort of agree with that um, because mm. if 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 a criminal dies, they go to prison, right? Um, and they have to spend whatever time that they're in prison. Maybe they log off. Maybe they try to do some missions or mine mm. or something like that. Um, whereas if I'm a bounty hunter and I die, I lose the player Ready. bounty that I was after, and I'm not allowed to take it again, right? So if I find uh -huh. that player with call to arms, I might still be able to kill him and send him to prison, but... You know, right. there. So, I guess my response to that is, when somebody says there's no consequence for a bounty hunter dying to a bounty target, I disagree with that. But I also think that the larger consequence is for the criminal. At the same time, should the larger consequence not be, not be for the person who did the bad things? You know, yeah, they have more yeah. at stake because they are the criminal. Yeah, that's know? that's the whole risk versus reward. I think if you're going to be a good criminal. There, there's a saying, and I, I hope, I hope this is it. The best criminal is the unknown criminal. If, if you, if you're, if you've got people chasing after you, and you're trying to be a, you know, criminal in whatever capacity, you, you should understand, especially in Star Citizen, very specific to Star Citizen, because this is a simulation game. This is not something you kind of just dip your toe into. I, I'm pretty sure this is being designed. At least it was pitched at the time that this is something you're going to be sinking. Uh, a lot of time into and you should understand that if you're going to be a criminal you better be a really good one or you're going to be paying the piper and being sent to prison as someone who mains i mean i wasn't always a bounty hunter you know as as time goes on in star citizen i my tastes have always changed in the career paths and i started off as a criminal and i am going to be the first to say i was not a very good one and i spent a lot of time okay getting blown up and when the introduction of prison came in I didn't like it. I didn't like getting sent to prison, even though the max is like 14 hours or something like that, and you mine rocks, okay, and it has its own loop, and as they add things to it, you know, I, I, as much as I hate to say it, it just cringes me out, you know, I, I changed my toxic ways of dealing space drugs and shooting at people to being the guy that now is going out and capturing those individuals, and I can, being first person and you know it's all my my own experience my own opinion here but being the guy that went from being the bad guy to being the proverbial good guy i suppose if you want to look at it through that lens death there is no consequence for death long lasting right now and i understand yeah. you know it's all in early access i get it that whole argument but there really if you're a criminal i can do some criminal shit and get away with it and even get sent to prison and get right out yeah. and go back to doing it but if I'm that miner who just spent two hours mining some more and I died just because somebody wanted to shoot me and didn't want to play the criminal loop, we'll call it, uh, they just wanted somebody to blow up, it's an, whether or not death has a penalty, I'm the guy that's paying the piper now being the miner because I just lost everything that I was doing. Now, being a miner mm -hmm. and doing all that, and I know this is getting really long-winded, but doing all that has its own, you know, if you want to be a trader, high sea trading, whatever, that has its own risk. You should hire security, et cetera, et cetera. But entirely just death just does not have any type of meaning right now in Star Citizen. Yeah. That's my opinion on it. Hate me, and love I, I me, think, fight me. 
<laughs> I do think that that it, that something was posed as well that um, that being a criminal doesn't really give you a whole lot of satisfactory reward, right? So being a pirate right now is a very difficult, um, b very difficult to make money unless you maybe come oh. across one big score here or there. Oh, I, right? I agree. Oh, yeah, I agree entirely. Yeah. Um, as far as like mining security and stuff, that's always the next question. The next thing that gets said is, well, a miner should have, you know, a security ship. If you, and I'll, I'll just, I'll just respond with this. If you have a prospector, I, I dare you to fill up an entire server with Vanguard Wardens, let's say, or let's <laughs> say Vanguard Wardens and, and Aegis Gladiuses. You can pick and choose whatever ships and loadouts you want. I'm going to come in in a Talon and you're gonna try to stop me from killing that prospector and you're gonna fail every time because I'm just gonna kamikaze my talent and kill the prospector in literally three seconds. A miner can't, security doesn't work for mining. It's just not an art. I mean, it will eventually, I'd like to see it work eventually, especially with some different scanning and stuff like that and, and vigilance and pay and, and you know, death of a spaceman, everything as it comes out right now in the game space that we have security doesn't work for mining and i think that when somebody says well you should have just hired security and you'd have been fine no yeah absolutely and I, and I, not and i think i i can i can kill a miner in a second yeah and i think that's just that's, that. that's just my um i i'm always looking at star citizen you know as it should be and not what it currently is i guess and i think uh and i, I think that's just my logical way of thinking if i'm going to be some kind of high seas trader, you know, you would think I'm going to hire some type of escort to hang out with me for a little bit. But I, I understand what you're saying in the, in the whole aspect of right now, it's just, it's irrelevant because you can literally just torp a guy down and then scoot away before his security has time to even react to it. And just kind of forking off that for two seconds, it reminds me of the whole conversation of if you, if you are security and I target lock someone, does that incur a crime stat? Because I know that was spoken about on Spectrum, you know, a couple months ago, and they were having that whole debate. Mm. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying, and I agree. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's a whole it's a whole conversation as we get to bigger mining ships and different types of security, different types of scanning, different types of um, radar, as it were, um, and a lot of other things that are coming in as we go. I do think that, um, you know, as... If somebody who flies a Talon, right, um, you know, somebody mentioned like, oh, Tessa D is a good example. Tessa makes it work. Mm. Uh, I've seen Tessa get stream sniped and there was nothing that her security could have done. She was in space. They were all at the station with her and somebody in a Talon just came in and smoked her. Three seconds. You can't stop it. You can't stop. You could put 10 hammerheads around a prospector and if I can get into the prospector for three seconds, it's gone. It's security is not something that consistently works. Um, it begs so the in question. my opinion, it's, yeah, it's just not a good, it's just not that perfect response to like, you know, players killing miners. Well, get security. Well, I'm still going to kill miners if I want to, you know? Yeah, and I don't think there is a, a solution. I mean, who knows, maybe in the, you know, the end result is security, you know, a year later mm -hmm. when the game is yeah. closer to something, you know, maybe that's just yeah. never going to be, maybe it's something they're not even looking at. Maybe, you know, yeah. it's just, it's a whole... It's a whole thing. It's a side of Star Citizen we just haven't seen yet. Having mm. to hire auxiliary citizens, other I mean, we haven't even seen people hiring crewmates. It, it it's that even that's been in a very limited sense. There's not there's yeah. nothing like the rating system. And I, I've mm -hmm. you know, I've said this before as well. Uh I just I think crew the the crew member 
category of career path, I think that's going to be a sleeper career. I think that's going to be such a mm. main piece. I think people are they're buying these ships. They're pledging for them, which is good. You're funding the project and you're getting what you want. But I, I wholeheartedly believe a lot of people are just not going to want to fly their own ship. I think they're going to want to crew up with Zero State Live and friends and, and be a technician or be a medical guy or be a mm. gunner. or I just I think it's going to go that route, which in my opinion is good. I want people to fly their own way, but I, th I think it's going to cater towards that crowd. The upkeep yeah. is going to be too much for a huge ship in the eventuality of Star Citizen. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and as we, we look at that too, like let's somebody's out, say somebody's out rock mining and they have like a Valkyrie. Valkyrie is a fairly tough ship um, and it's got some guns and stuff. Um, most players, when they take their Valkyrie out with a buddy, they both get out in Grey Cat rocks and they just do their thing. If they get found, yeah. they get blown up or whatever. Um, so a lot of things are going to fix this. And this is something that I'll call back to Elite Dangerous um, for this comment is Elite Dangerous did a terrible job with mm. crime and punishment. And, and, the, and that started... The thing that started all of that, those problems, was piracy was not profitable. You could not, in Elite Dangerous, make good money being a pirate. It was so much risk for so little reward that instead of being a pirate, people got their PvP um, interactions by just blowing up other players. Instead of pirating them or extorting them or, you know, doing, uh, you know, doing something besides just, I'm going to shoot at that ship till it blows up. So... How does CIG, the question that, that I would pose maybe to just the community in general is, how does CIG take piracy and use that piracy and just criminal gameplay in an effort to give people a reliable and at least somewhat profitable and at, at the very least enjoyable game loop, right? Right. That right. allows that ecosystem to begin from the ground up, right? Because if a pirate wants to be a pirate, you know, is it worth him going up to turn off the crime, the you know, the comrade, and then going down to pirate somebody? Is it worth the crew working together for that? How can they make enough money to do that? Um, you know, lots of different things that they could put into place there. So I really think that, and and this is gonna sound backwards as somebody. I do a lot of player bounty hunting. I look for player bounties. It's my kind of my, one of my main game loops. Is I actually want to see profitable piracy. I actually want to see. Um, oh yeah. You know pirates able to have that game yeah. loop and enjoy that game loop not just pirates but even even just players who want to maybe hold up another player or whatever it might be you know um and then uh, you layer on top of that well if those players cross that line into senseless killing how does the crime and punishment system deal with that on a more aggressive level if that makes sense so no um yeah so moving you know layering those those game loops in a way that makes them all satisfying and i think one of those it starts like the crime and punishment system and making that effective starts with profitable, enjoyable piracy mechanics, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I think Elite Dangerous missed the mark big time, and I hope that CIG doesn't miss that mark. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think truly all the other all the other gameplay loops are going to trickle down from what CIG is, is planning to do. Um, mm with the crime system i mean we have klesher sure we have a base you know crime system we have the comrades yeah. which i didn't even think of that's such a that's such a good point the comrades if i'm a damn dirty pirate do i have to bring down a comrade every two minutes in order to commit yeah. my crimes like that that just does not i look any of my pirate people out there could chime in on this and zeros too if you guys are in zeros chat and you're a damn dirty criminal chime in on this does that even seem logical like every 10 minutes you want to commit a crime we'll say and you have to bring down the comrade just 
that doesn't that has to be addressed. The Comrie system needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I, and I don't even know where where to begin. You know, maybe the the side of the planet or the moon where the Comrie is currently will affect you know the orbit. Maybe it orbits and you could find a blind spot in the Comrie. Perhaps I I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah. But definitely the the crime and punishment system in conjunction with death of a spaceman. It's it's really going to be telling to the mm-hmm. individual and what their career path is. No matter what that you could be, you know, a professional star surfer. It doesn't matter. I I truly do think those two systems mm-hmm. are going to fork out to everything else and kind of set the stage. So it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do exactly with that. Yeah. Uh, one one last bit. Um, sure. Uh, we, could, we probably should move on after this. <laughs> yeah. sure. A good point was made is that it's hard to have. I, I would say to augment that a little bit, it's hard to have enjoyable piracy, um, you know, enjoyable and profitable piracy when, you know, and I've had this before, too, where I one of the first times I pirated somebody after rock mining came out, mm-hmm. I came up to the miner and he had been mining a while. He had like 400 Haydenite in his Grey Cat Rock. And I stopped and I was in proxy comms and I was like, you know, your money, your life kind of thing. Right. And or whatever, you know, you know, send me, you know, whatever it might be. And he literally said, nah, just kill me. And I was that, like, oh, man, why did you do? Why did you make that decision? Like, because when I kill you, you are going to lose all the time and effort that you put into gaining that hate tonight that's in your rock. You could send me 10,000 credits, 20,000 credits, and I will leave you alone. If you send me 50,000 credits, I will protect you right for the next I don't know, however long. That's a good record. It's odd that people keep making that decision. And I think that what we always talk about this, death of a spaceman is going to change a lot of things. Um, So I really hope that death of a spaceman is integrated into those gameplay mechanics um, in such a way that it's like, I really don't want to die. I really, really, really don't want to die. It's not just, well, I've got half of a rock full of Hayden. I know it's 100,000 credits. I can make it back. I'll just die. It's not just that. It's that on top of oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my life, you know, and lose all my character's reputation or, you know, gear or, you know, whatever it might be. So yeah, lots of, lots of things that can come, that can come out of that. At the end of the day, CIG has to build a video game that's enjoyable for, enjoyable for hopefully everybody that boots it up, you know? And that, yeah, that's a good, I'm going to leave it on, on that topic. That's a good final thought on that topic. It's obviously mm-hmm. something that me and you are passionate about. So I think oh, yeah. we, should, we at a future episode, we should probably bring that up again. It, you can, I mean, we've been going, we go on about that every time we talk, the whole death of a spaceman and consequence, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So All next. Right, moving on. Moving on. Uh, so lots of, lots of major bug fixes, as you, you may be able to see uh, the list here. Um, a lot of quality of life stuff, I think. Quality of life stuff, um, you know, animation stuff. Um, the trolleys work a little bit better than they used to, which is interesting to absolutely nobody. Um, <laughs> Incidentally, and, uh, I, I, just a quick thing. I had an issue with the trolley. Yeah. I, I went down to the the um, uh, the cargo deck, and I grabbed myself a trolley that was down there, and I accidentally... And trust me, accidentally here, got it caught in a little conveyor belt, and all it did was create a, tra- a traffic jam of NPCs, and I'm pretty sure there was like 15 or 20 of them piling up. So hopefully with spawn closets, they do something. It'd be weird to see mm-hmm. them just randomly despawn, but obviously if someone wanted to troll it up, they, you absolutely could do it with the trolleys and gum up the works. So little <laughs> note on that. Yeah, true. True that. Uh, all right, so that's uh, 313.1. Do we want to move on to Invictus? Yeah, let's move on to uh, Invictus. We're gonna, guys, we're gonna be moving through topics here, just kind of prefacing this as each episode kind of 
goes on through the podcast. Um, I know everyone listening on Spotify, this won't affect you in any way, but anyone watching the live right now, you'll see our topics change to kind of help you guys follow along a bit. So we're going to be switching those up. So we have Invictus and Fleet Week. So, yeah. Wow. Invictus and Fleet Week. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been streaming Star Citizen exclusively... Uh, on my channel is maybe not a theme, but uh, as a catch, I should say. And this will mark my one year of Star Citizen exclusively, which is kind of fun to think about. One year to the day tomorrow, Star Citizen in its entirety. Uh, So we have 15 hours, as it says, and seven minutes just ticked. Uh, and it's going to be hosted on Microtech this year, as opposed to Art Corp last year at the Bevic Convention Center, if I have that correct. Is that right? Uh, yeah. As, as right. of this taping, f- 15 hours, uh, which it's, it's currently uh, May 20th at uh, 8 mm-hmm. p.m. Central Time. So about yeah. 15 hours from now is when it starts. Um, I definitely did not take off work tomorrow, just so that I could enjoy Invictus. <laughs> kidding, I did. <laughs> I'm gonna narr- I'm gonna narrate this little bit here, if you'll allow me. It, just for sure. anyone who doesn't know what Invictus Launch Week is to, in Star Citizen, and you're just finding this podcast uh, through the browser, it, it says "Prepare for launch." Every year in May, we gather to celebrate Invictus Launch Week. Uh, though a time to honor those in the Navy and other armed forces for their tireless service to the UEE, which is the United Empire of Earth, aerospace and defense manufacturers across the galaxy also take the opportunity to showcase their military, to showcase their vehicles designed for or influenced by the military, um, which is different than DefenseCon, but I guess we're going to get into the weeds with that as we get through this topic here. Definitely. Um so the schedule did get pushed, I believe, to earlier today, if I'm not mistaken. And essentially, that's going to divvy up each day of the event uh, for different manufacturers. Some manufacturers are going to share days with other manufacturers. DefenseCon is going to be its own separate event because Drake just never it just never gets invited to any of the cool stuff. But that's all right. We do our own thing. Uh, last year, I think uh, on the Drake floor, uh, I'm sorry, on the DefenseCon floor, there there was a they had the Caterpillar out there along with uh, a few other favorites. I myself grabbed a Herald, which I entirely regret. But as far as Invictus goes, um, it does have the manufacturer's schedule here. So on May 21st to the 22nd, you'll be seeing Robert Space Industries and the Origin Jump Works, along with Consolidated Outlands and uh, Argo Astronautics. Um, one of my underdog manufacturers has always been Argo Astronautics, even though I'm not a huge fan of the things they produce. Something it, that calls to the industrial side of me, um, I just find their ships uh, interesting. And then you'll see, and feel free to chime in, sir. I'm just kind of droning on with the schedule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On May 23rd to the 24th, you'll be seeing uh, Aegis Dynamics. All you Aegis fanboys out there can get bent. And then on the 25th to the 26th, there's Crusader Industries, uh, Tumbrel Land Systems, um, Misk, of course. Uh, and then on the 27th to 28th, you'll have Anvil Aerospace. Um, and then you'll have Drake Interplanetary the 29th to the 30th with Defense Con, I'm assuming. And also on the 29th and to June 1st is the wrap-up. So last year, I believe they did some type of in-game event. It's escaping me. But there was something that happened throughout the system itself. Uh, and I, I forget, but I... Just rest assured that CIG is going to do it up like they always do. 
guys. I have a weird question, Sonoda. Yeah, I have what's a up? weird question. What's so, two things. Uh, very important that you said all you Aegis fanboys can get bent. Ah! Okay. I can explain that, but go on. You do fly a harbinger from time to time. Makes me a little sad, <laughs> but it's okay. Again, at least you didn't say Anvil. You would have, you would have angered everybody. Yeah, no, no. Secondly, uh, you just, you're, is your page not showing the calendar? My page was showing the calendar earlier, and it is not anymore. Yeah, so I think they, they put it into its own little page, and I can shoot you uh, a link over into chat to make that. Yeah, please do, please do. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, I'm, it's not that I'm a, not a huge fan of that particular manufacturer. Uh, I think I just play favorites. Stand by, guys. Um, so everyone who's listening up on Spotify, we're going to be pulling up the schedule um, I'm just shooting Zero a link right now because uh, when, you, they, when they updated this, they didn't include the, if it loads, they didn't, I think they split it into two separate pages with the schedule and the Invictus uh, as well. Right. There you go. There's the schedule. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has always been interesting because when they do that, it's, it's, if you go to where the Invictus has, like where Invictus is located on the RSI website, it'll have a link to Invictus, but it literally is the same page, just reopening. And I, I think they do that for maybe those social media. I have no idea. Mm, yeah, or maybe just clicks, right? Yeah, so I had a question. Um, it says, is this only going to be on Spotify or other platforms like SoundCloud? So right now, we are going to be, this is all live here on Twitch, you know, just so we can talk with you guys, get some, you know, uh, exterior opinions. Our main focus is going to be uploading it to Spotify, and we're, this will also, the VOD will be pulled and uploaded to YouTube as well in a more, hopefully, condensed version for anyone who wants to, you know, review this, because we're not sure of the longevity on Twitch when it comes to these types of things. Yep. Um, yeah, so as far as uh, Invictus launch and uh, the schedule, um, yeah, I think, uh, what, what's the day that you're most looking forward to? As far as Invictus goes, I'm probably yeah. looking forward to, let me look through the list. Um, you know, I like the Hammerhead. I'll say that much. Is that fair? Can I say that? Uh, but I don't think there's going to be anything different than that. If I'm looking towards anything announcement-wise, it's probably going to be towards some of the underdog sh uh, ship manufacturers, or at least what I call them underdog ship manufacturers. I think Anvil may display something. Uh, this is all speculative, guys. Anvil's probably going to display something, and I'm really hoping that we get something from Argo. I, I doubt it. Uh, I think the real... You want to know a real prediction? I think during DefenseCon, we're going to be seeing something of a showstopper. That's, that's my predictions as of right now. DefenseCon is going to be the, the little sleeper focus of Invictus. I think Drake's going to show something. Um, maybe something we have seen before, but maybe in a more completed state. That's my Perhaps. estimation. Yeah, right. What about, enough. what about you? What days? Uh, I think... I think I'm most excited for just the Anvil Aerospace Showcase. Um, I've, re I've always really liked Anvil ships. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was last year we got to see and sit in the cockpit of, I think, um, a... Uh, lightning? A lightning, yeah, right? And if yeah. you sat in it, you got stuck in it, if I recall. But it was there, <laughs> yeah. and you yeah. could sit in it. And that was a very cool experience. I expect something similar. Um, I, I really, really do. Um, you know, they're going to show off a lot of the normal stuff, but... Um, you know, something like that. Another one that I'm really interested in is uh, Aegis showing off the Redeemer 
I think mm. that's going to be really cool. Yeah. Because um, the Redeemer is is on that. Um, on his Defense Con. I'm not sure. What so def- the... Defense Con, only, so basically Drake doesn't get invited. They don't get invited to Invictus. So they host their own. Ev- it's much like CIG right. and not going to like, uh, you know, the Gamescom or something like that. They have their own event. And that's what Drake is. So I'm, I'm really hoping if, and I, I'm just going to say it, if we don't get... I don't think the Kraken chat's going on about the Kraken. I don't think it's Kraken. I think the Corsair may may make a show. It's a long shot. I'm hoping for it because that's my last ship on my my ultimate bucket list of buys mm. that I have. Even if I can't fly it, I would love to see a showroom floor where I can go aboard and just pretend, okay, like a little child. Yeah. I, you know, if or anything, if nothing else, if nothing else, walk around it. You know? Yeah, just just being able to walk around it and look at it, take it mm-hmm. in, get an idea, even if it's not flight ready. Um, the same thing uh, with what you said with the hurricane. It'd be cool to, or I'm sorry, the uh, the lightning to be able to go in, and check it out. I think we may see, and I, I can't think of the ship. Um, I want to say it's Aegis, but I think we may see something just like you had said last year. Um, bugs aside, I think they've learned from their events. We've come full circle now with large scale in game events you know from xeno threat to invictus you know last year to um the intergalactic aerospace expo i think cig has learned a lot i can't wait to see what they have in store for us especially with the tours that are going to be happening i know there's been some speculation on whether an ai is going to be guiding you through the tour if it's going to be static guides at individual like modules if you will within you know the capital ship um and they're just going to be narrating like, oh, this was released in the War of 2083 in the minefield. You know, I don't know if they're going to do that, but it'll be interesting, yeah. nevertheless. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I really think that we have we're going to have a lot of ships to look at and fly. We're going to have a lot of interesting, I hope, surprises. Um, you know, I was in the PTU for a lot of it. I intentionally stayed kind of away um, from the... Uh, from the event hall for the most part during the ptu i was really trying to test other things and yeah and uh, and look at other things um you know i think i, st- to, I stayed you know, away the, as well yeah and so i wanted to be surprised with it i wanted the community to be a little bit surprised with it with me if if possible so uh-huh. so I, I the more i think about it i am really excited for aegis and the redeemer to take a look at that um it's a ship that has kind of been dreamed about maybe more than i would say more than most other ships a lot of people have really been looking forward to the redeemer yeah. To see to see what it is, to see what it carries, to see how it you know fights, flies, looks, feels, and to be able to see that in game and to be able to take a look at it in game is going to be really, really something special. So, I you know, yeah. and I just talking about the Redeemer real quick, I because I, I know it gets mixed mixed uh, emotions when it comes to it. I, I remember the mm-hmm. original one, and maybe you do too, when it had those god awful wheels attached to it. And, yes, I do. And the bottom, the bottom of the ship, if you guys recall there in chat, and I, anyone who's listening, uh, what it used to look like, uh, and it, it still has some of some callings to what the design was, but below it, I think, believe it had a turret. It had some minimal um, storage for like weapons. I think it had a couple weapon racks, and then it had some, uh, you know, Salako drop pods, if you will, or uh, drop seats, and then you would go up. There was uh, a couple beds, I believe. There was the commissary. The neck went up into where the engine was, or excuse me, where the um, the bridge would be. And then in the back, it did the same thing into like an engineering area. And that was essentially what the Redeemer gunship was. And then for for reasons that I didn't understand at the time, it went through a redesign and we saw a little bit of that 
uh, at least the outside of it, during uh, the Intergalactic Aerospace Expo. And if you were a tricksy person, you would go in third person and you would zoom your camera way out and then put your camera inside the Redeemer and you can actually like look inside of it, which I did. Because uh, I, you know, nice. I'm, just, I'm just nosy like that. I don't know yeah. how I feel about the, what, what is it, like the the hover legs or whatever they are. I don't know. It looks a little weird now. Well, I think that... I don't know. Uh, it looks I weird. I think they're just trying to build unique ships at this point. We'll talk about this in a little bit when yeah. we talk about the Scorpius as well, I think. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of interesting design choices that CIG has been making with a lot of their ships where you kind of go, that has no reason to be there. But it's not like it's bad. It's like it just has you know no reason to be there. So a lot of the really, really, really logic-driven people um, with some ships are like, I don't see a need for that. But then there's the people who like the aesthetic, you know? And I think a lot of things are there for aesthetics. The Nomad with grav lift technology as far as mm -hmm. its landing gear doesn't make a lot of sense from consolidated outland, making a very straightforward, you know, rugged ship with a weird box on the back of it to have, you know, this really nice grav lift technology uh, for landing. Mm -hmm. But it makes the ship unique. It makes it kind of cool. Um, and there's people that really like that aesthetic and you have to build ships for everybody. So, yeah, and um, I, I think that's good. Yeah, I think that's why I, I feel the way I do about it coming from Drake being my my preferred manufacturer and, and how they build the ships. It's very practical. They're more realistic mm -hmm. in my mind. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, if Elon was to maybe not Elon, because he'd probably be like some some. He'd be like Origin or something like that. But you yeah. know what I'm saying. You got the tubes, you got the grating, you got the metal, etc. And then you have something, you know, like the Redeemer. And it anything that comes off too sci-fi in a sci-fi game to me doesn't seem sci-fi. Does that make sense? Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just my feelings on it. Um how do you what do you what do you think about the... It says, see the fleet up close, get a rare first-hand glimpse at the Navy's most fearsome destroyers, corvettes, and carriers as they make their way through Stanton in a fleet that's bigger and better than ever before. They did this last year, as you guys remember. Um, but now you can tour an in-service Javelin destroyer, the UEES Warhammer. Um, as soon as you step aboard, you'll feel the history of this iconic behemoth. How do you feel about did being I able lose to... you? Can, can you hear me? Hello? Uh-oh. Possible technical difficulties, guys. There we go. We got him back. We good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Audio's back. Okay, sorry about that. You I was talking just... about the UEE Warhammer, yes? Yeah, just uh, how do you feel about being able to board this ship for the first time and getting a, not firsthand, but an up-close experience to seeing what's actually on board? Because this will be the first time we've seen it, right? I don't think we've seen yeah. anything aboard this type of ship. So Thoughts. I will say that for, from my perspective, I did I did actually board the Javelin and I was able to go on a little bit of the tour. Um, the, they have a shocking amount of the interior. I mean, the Javelin's huge, but they mm. actually have quite a few spaces in the Javelin that you can go. You can actually uh, get into a turret and fire it. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, I have a big incoming fine from the UE Navy for that. <laughs> you just, uh, and uh, yeah, um, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, the, the interior looks like what you'd expect from a military ship bulkheads staircases guards posted at doors um very military styling i think they did a great job with the interior that they've got so far on the javelin mm -hmm. um and I, I do think there's actually quite a bit of areas that you can explore pretty well i really like it 
So is it full-fledged or do they... I mean, being a military ship, they're probably going to have secure access to certain areas that we as civilians are not going to be able to go. Yeah, so um, the, uh, the my favorite part, and this is... A, it's not a huge spoiler, but it's a tiny spoiler um, as to the AI behavior. If you go up to, um, I'll say, one of the guards in the javelin um, at, who's posted at a door that you can't get through, he gives you the chicken emote, as in like... Oh, tr trying to you know, taunt he, like, you ta he ta Yeah, he taunts you away from the door, which I think is a nice little addition. I think it really tells me... Honestly, it tells me that CIG really put... It wasn't just an afterthought, this whole like javelin show-off thing. I think they really do want us to be able to see their progress on the inside of a very complex, very, you know, huge ship. And to me, that's a little bit telling of the future in a way um, between that and the Bengal flyby. I really do think right. that they're they're working on some big things and they want to show us that, you know, and it's not perfect. And, you know, I think they but I think they really do want to show us, hey, we've got something big that's happening. These these wheels are big and they're turning and we're building them, you know. Yeah, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think it definitely wasn't something we're like, oh yeah, let's just chuck this in there and they could take a look at it. I think it, this Invictus was designed a certain way, and I think they're trying to show off tech that they can't necessarily announce in a certain way for maybe a single player, yeah. and they're trying to show us the progress in a, in a very clever way by putting it in, um, you know, as an in-service uh, yeah. warship which I think, uh, like I said, is very clever, and I, I can't wait to take a look at it. I haven't seen anything with um, 313.1 um, mm. with, with, obviously, Invictus to pepper in there, yeah. and uh, I, can't, I can't wait. I'm always excited. I've always said they need to do more events, you know, methodical events, mind you. It just can't be shit that they throw in there, and it doesn't make yeah. sense. But having more in-game events that tie you into the world and immerse you and make you actually feel like a citizen, I'm all for right. it. This is one of yeah. them, for sure. For sure, yeah. And another note too, um, there's two things to note here. Um, they, they're doing timed events with this, so all over mm -hmm. the system, you'll see these TV screens that say, Invictus Fleet is here, and this is when it's gonna show up at this location, and this is where the Bengal flyby is, and this is where it's gonna show up. Like they do a really good job of kind of mm -hmm. making you feel like wherever you are in the verse, you get that info about where the Invictus Fleet is and where you can go meet up with it and check it out, which is really cool. Um, so the next step on top of that is, like you said, making you feel like you are part of the universe, right? Making you feel like, you know, you're connected while you're just doing your normal stuff. Uh, and I think they did a pretty good job of that. Another thing that we're looking at is CIG is really using this, I think, um, to test some of the back end a little bit with timed events. And, and coming forward, I think we're gonna be having more of these events. Uh, we've, you know, we've heard rumors about Ninetales lockdown and some other different events like that that are going to be you know the idea of like um what i in my brain i've called uh heat fleets um fleets of areas that are like higher risk so there's like a nine tails fleet that might be moving around the system trying to lock down different areas um and this bengal flyby could very well be and the javelin um you know docking and everything could very well be part of that back end being put into place of like how do we create these dynamic events that are timed and and or are based upon where an actual fleet of ships is in the verse. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, we're definitely seeing more of the, the timed events, even um, with the timed um, contracts. And it'll be interesting interesting to see what they do moving forward. Uh, 
I guess we'll see how this one kind of pans out. I like that they're they're taking cues from the past couple events to kind of because I mean last year you you literally had to go and find the fleet, but I like the idea of uh, I mean it, it makes sense militaristically they're gonna tell each station hey we're flying by here this is the event you know in in game mind you for everyone who's listening like hey this is where the Bengals gonna be this is where mm-hmm. you need to be to view it etc. Did have a question. Says, do you think that all the events from here on out will be on Microtech, or do you think they'll go back to Art Corp now and then? Um, I think they're making use of what we have in game, uh, especially with the. I think it's is it the Tobo Tobin Expo Hall is what it's called. I think they're. Yeah. So yeah. it's a place that they've already got there, you know. And anytime that there's, like, I'm a big fan of developers making good use of their time and their efforts and their resources. So if they've got a resource in game. Um, like the Tobin Expo Center, I'd like for them to use it over and over and over, right? But I do think, um, and somebody just mentioned this as well, I was going to say, I think our next events are, you know, we're probably going to start seeing events um, on Orizon or Horizon, whichever, however way, whichever way you prefer to say it. Yeah. Um, I believe Disco Lando has said it both ways now. (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely going to make use of the new area. Yeah, so I think that's something that we see too, is they really want to do highlight their latest work. So Microtech is one of the newest, you know, spaces um, as well as New Babbage. So they've been using New Babbage um, to to get players to go there and to check it out and to, you know, just generally be in that space. Um, And I think when we see Crusader come in and we see Orison come in and stuff like that, I think we're going to see a lot more events placed at Orison and in the Crusader area as well to enjoy those, you know, the new gas cloud tech and, um, the uh, volumetric cloud tech that's going to be coming with Crusader and things like that. So, Yeah, one point that was brought up just real quick on, on that score was, you know, you, maybe you'll see specific events at specific locations based on the manufacturers. So although, you know, you have um, DefenseCon that is running in conjunction with Invictus at the same location on Microtech, maybe across the, the system or in a different system, they would, there would be another event to kind of counter that. Uh, with like DefenseCon and Evictus, you know, you may have Drake on their home world manufacturing having their own little event at their own like expo hall designed for, you know, Drake, if you will. But interestingly mm-hmm. enough, with DefenseCon and Invictus, they show a screenshot here of the Caterpillar, and for whatever reason, that's just a little flag is being raised up only because I know what's coming with the modular system with different mm-hmm. ships. And I'm wondering if there'll there will be like different, you know, like you, you go to like um, you you go so you go to like a, a store or whatever, and they'll have like different displays. I'm wondering if we'll have different displays of the different modules of the caterpillar because I know they're supposed to. Be I'd like, like to see that ten or fifteen, just like little modules, little modular tiny homes, if you will, with like yeah a mess hall, and it's they do it like how like maybe IKEA has it with a, with a couple fixtures, but then on, in the back it's like a a painting looking down the hall, but it's not really there. I'm wondering if we'll mm. see something modular based, maybe just not for the Caterpillar, but I, it's the first thing. It's interesting that they put the Caterpillar here and not the, the up and coming um, Corsair. They chose this specifically. And uh, mm. I don't know, maybe I'm reading into it because I just love Drake. Maybe I am. Uh, but interestingly, you know, thought yeah, I'd that it. is, that is kind of interesting. It's good thoughts. Good thought. Um, but anything else about uh, Invictus? That you did you have any thoughts on? Uh, I, I definitely am curious. I think the big thing for me is going to be seeing a Bangalore game, even though it's just a flyby. Mm. Uh, I, I man, it's supposed to be the biggest ship. So I mean, aside from what the, a king ship, which I think is supposed to be the biggest 
in the game, and then a few people have speculated that they're gonna see CIG's gonna allow us to pre-purchase a bangle. That's never gonna happen. And I usually never say never when it comes to CIG, but you're never gonna get your hands on that. It's just one of the yeah. ships. It's just one of them. I do. There is the um, the retribution as well, but I think that is likely going to be seen, maybe not even interacted with in Squadron 42. I don't know about that, but um, so it's uh, yeah. The Bengal just. It, I think the Bengal just raises a lot of eyebrows. You know, I mean, it's just kind of oh, like yeah. this, that was kind of the unexpected thing for me. Um, you know when i when i heard that they were doing it. and then of course i jumped into the ptu and actually saw it that ship is massive i mean yeah. the, it, take a take a ship that's like a like an origin ship like a 300 series or 100 series something with a good canopy sure and fly by that thing it is incredibly huge now the interior isn't done yet and we don't have things coming through the pipeline like um the uh the uh the culling the uh, occlusion culling i can't remember exactly what it's called off the top of my head um where it won't render the insides of ships if you if it doesn't have to um because if that ship was done and the interior was all being rendered you would get no free yeah. it would be a, oh, yeah. it would be a it would be a delicious <laughs> slideshow uh. um which is as you get far away i mean you look at the bengal and you're like all right it's pretty big and then you get a little bit closer and you see an idris which is a big ship and that the idris was the big ship in the verse i don't know six months three months ago six months ago you know that we were seeing um and to see an idris be absolutely dwarfed by this next ship is is pretty incredible it really is i i definitely say that you guys should check that out so it's so, so just real quick on, on that one as well the it was brought up that they cig has said the bangle hulls will be obtainable around the verse whatever that means but not purchasable yeah essentially you'll have not to purchasable yeah but I think there's going to be either some kind of a reputation quest line, um, a, a way to locate several wrecks of Bengals, and then a, a a way to make it make it so that you can fix them. Um, and there's even been some talk that if you do get your hands on one, that the UEE or you know somebody may be after you, that the authorities may be after you to say like, hey, you've got a Bengal, that's ours, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then you have to deal with them kind of like. You know harassing uh -huh. you about the bengal that you were able to get so i do right. think that the, by and large uh, let's assume that they come out with five bengals that are going to be salvageable in the verse um the odds of you coming across a bengal in your day-to-day -day lives in star citizen in the future will be pretty pretty null right um yeah let's, that's assuming there's five let's say that they see their expanded player base and they go you know all right let's put 10 of them out there screw it you know let's change the lore up a little bit Let's put 10. I'd like it if they would do that because there's so many more citizens, um, you know, m millions of citizens potentially um, that uh, that may be jumping into the verse at some point and the, the number of orgs is pretty staggering. So to have, you know, three of them or four of them or five of them seems a little bit, a little bit iffy to me. So what I'd like to see is, um, you know, something coming down the pipeline future where it's either maybe a change in the lore where there's just more Bengals um, or... Uh, some kind of a way that we can replicate a Bengal if the org pools enough resources, time, money, um, you know, efforts, etc. So something like that. It's just speculation, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think, and this is also speculation. A lot of what we talk about here, guys, is going to be a lot of speculation. Star Citizen yeah. might as well be star speculation at this point. Um, 
in a good way, mind you. But I think if you were able to, if you are able to find a hole, maybe pieces of the hole, and you can cobble together what what was a bangle, it would probably, in my mind, I'm thinking what you had said. If the fleet, if the UE finds you with that, that's not tech. They're just gonna let you have. That's like their main yeah. stay against the Vanduul. They're just not mm-hmm. gonna let you have that. They're gonna take it from you. Um, so you'll probably incur some type of crime stat or some type of rep- huge reputation loss or being marked hostile by certain groups, etc. And this is just my thought on it. And if you were able to do it, the the amount of resources, if you find one crashed on some wannabe Tantooine planet and you're able to get it off the planet, I mean, it would take you vast amounts of resources and materials and and monies i guess for lack of a better word in order to get that thing going and uh, just touching on what you said there there it, there should be a handful of them i don't know what that number is i don't know what it should be it should not be able to stand up maybe against another bangle if you get it because it i think it should be something of a reclaimed bangle if you will mm. um you know it it's not what it used to be but it's still a bangle kind of thing i think um that may be the direction they go. I should also note as well, guys, that this is a free fly event during Invictus. If you're listening on Spotify, if you're watching on YouTube, or you're here live and you don't have Star Citizen and you don't want to pledge, uh, you're just unsure. Maybe you've you've heard some bad things about Star Citizen. You know some of the negative miasma that surrounds it. Dispel it for yourself. You can play Star Citizen for free in its entirety. Uh, the free fly will run until June third. You could start tomorrow. You can create an account. Um, Get in there. You're, you're only going to know if you try. Now, bear in mind, this is an early access game. Uh, if you even want to call it that, this is um, it's a multitude of modules that comprise what Star Citizen is going to be in its eventuality. So take that with a grain of salt. You are going to run into bugs, crashes, etc. Just do your part and report them. But join us. Come in the verse. When Zero goes live, join up. Come on in. Uh, but the free fly will run from uh, tomorrow until June 3rd. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So... Get in there. Indeed, right. I agree. Yeah. Um, that's something that that uh, was brought up as well just a minute ago. Um, hopefully, yeah. they prepare for the influx of players when they go live. If not, those players may leave. I agree. Um, I think that if you have friends, uh, something to note on top of that: if you have a friend who's like, "Ah, that game you play all the time, Star Citizen. Let me try it out for free." Basically, you say, you know, something to say to your friend is. Uh, it's a free fly. There's a lot more players than usual, so expect some instability, you know. Uh, yeah. So kind of temper your friend's expectations if you can. Um, you know, I think that is a, a big source of, of people kind of going, oh, Star Citizen is is what it was last year when I tried during the, fle- the free fly. And if, if people only play during the free flies, that's kind of the mentality that a lot of people end up getting, unfortunately, because yeah. the free flies are so unstable, comparatively speaking. So. Yeah, and take it from from us, you know, Zero and I, two individuals who have been a part of the project for years now. We've seen ups and downs. We've seen um, the problems that it suffered from. And uh, I can tell you one thing is for sure with Star Citizen, it's growing. The player base is growing at an exponential rate. They're working on systems, and it's getting better every single patch. Every patch, things are getting done. Now, yep. we have our gripes like anybody else. You know, we're gamers just just like you guys, but they're definitely working on things, and they have us in mind. So just take whatever you run into with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, a great example of what you just said, um, and I think a lot of people don't really realize this, right? Um, so last, uh, le- I want to say last year. Yeah, last year. 
um, when they did uh, when they did the Idris stuff. When the Idris, I think it was the last year that the Idris came. I can't remember what time it was. When the Idris first came into the game, um, there were some groups of players who got a whole bunch of retaliators together and fired all of the torpedoes at the Idris. Right? right. They wanted to destroy the Idris. They wanted to be the first to destroy the Idris. Um, I think the same thing happened with the Javelin. Yeah. And each time it completely destroyed the server. The server was gone, either as they fired all of those missiles or as the missiles started to make impact. I can tell you that there's a clip on my Twitch channel of at least 200 torpedoes making their way to hit a Bengal carrier all at the same time from 46 retaliator bombers. There was a Bengal carrier, 46 retaliators, four talons in the area. Everest Harbor is where we did it and Everest Harbor was really nearby. There was an Idris, there was two Hammerheads, there was an M2, and there were support craft like F8s and things flying around as well, plus all of Everest's turrets, and the server survived. So that tells you that not only have they made some improvements in how the server handles all of those things, they've made actually really big strides in how that handles, because it was just an Idris in space and a bunch of retaliators, and it completely destroyed the server. Now you've got, like I said, the Idris, you've got two hammerheads, you've got an M2 flying around, you've got an Idris, you've got the Bengal, you've got a Javelin nearby, you've got Everest Harbor, you've got Everest Harbor's turrets, you've got Hurston nearby, all of that stuff. Um, and it was, I mean, there was a little bit of lag, a little bit of desync, but if you guys were to find that clip, um, you would see that the frame rate stayed relatively smooth, the server handled it, and I actually played on that server for another three or four hours after that. Yeah, um, and that, that particular server. And what he's trying to get at, guys, is the contrast between maybe last year's event or the the mm -hmm. even even the huge patch before. It, they just make there's they're making um, le leaps and bounds here between the stability of what's happening now. Mind you, everything that's happening with the servers and what they're doing with you know the different systems and the instancing, etc. Uh, we, we don't take that into account, but as Star Citizen stands right now, the stability has just dramatically improved, dramatically improved from last year during Invictus. Mm -hmm. uh, I, ex I expect this to be just to blow last year's uh, Invictus event away because there was issues. It was the first time we've seen anything fleet wise, you know, flying throughout the system. Uh, and it was even a lot better during uh, uh, the Intergalactic Aerospace Expo, and even more recently with a couple other um, minor events. So just to see what's going to be happening this year, that's what Zero's getting at. So keep your socks on, people. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with that, I suppose we could hit the roadmap roundup so we can be depressed together. Uh, yeah, let's do it. We're switching up, guys. We're switching from Invictus to Fleet Week, and now we are into the roadmap roundup. All right. So I'm going to be the first to admit that I didn't pay as much attention to the roadmap roundup, and I usually don't um, mm -hmm. as far as that's concerned. But I do know that almost everything medical got pushed um, away from, from 314, uh, which immediately kind of depressed me. Um, so we can kind of mm -hmm. go through some stuff. Do you mind if I just run through uh, roadmap roundup kind of quick? Yeah, let's do it. Hit it up. All right. All right, so um, they had the progress tracker that had its horizon extended into quarter one, 2022 for all mm -hmm. upstream teams with this publish. Um, I got to fix your camera. It's been happening once in a great while. It's because I'm bald, baby. Um, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just bald. Um, and uh, so they've the identity service will be a proxy service that will rely on information about accounts between the RSI platform, Tavern Spectrum uh, and the game clients. 
Um, so these are things that have been added to the progress tracker. Um, AI untrained combat, which I think is cool. Um, AI planetary navigation, which is, I think right. is really cool. Um, I, I'm super excited to see AI uh, smash into planetary surfaces as they attempt to quantum to different locations. Um, <laughs> Um, space station clinics, hospital interior locations, not going to be a lot of functionality there. I don't think right away it's going to be like uh, the cargo, the cargo bays. Um, very, Grim very Hex theme with park. a hospital. Yeah. Grim Hex with a hospital interior location for you criminals out there. Um, unified login queue, um, which uh, should relieve quite a bit of stress on the back end services. Cockpit button animations, derelict spaceships uh, with points of interest. That's salvage, 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 um, which has been pushed back so many times that I have to. If you, yeah, if you had a drinking game for every time salvage got pushed pushed back, you'd you'd be drunk. Maybe it should be. Um, yeah. Uh, mission manager updates. Uh, Miss Hull D was added. The Hull E was added. Uh, gold standard for the 600i. The great, uh, my favorite one, the Great Cat PTV, uh, gold standard. So if you you want your golf cart to work, um, do they explode really well less? They explode even less. Uh, oh boy! Yeah. I'm in. Um, yeah. Uh, lava tech, which is very, very cool on a real note. Uh, the pyro system is going to have a lot of lava in it, I assume. Yeah. So modifying and tuning river technology to produce lava liver, rivers and lakes. That's going to be very cool. Um, ecosystem enhancements in general. Um, I almost feel like when is it going to end with making plants and animals work even better? But hey, I'm excited. Um, yeah. So things that are returning to the roadmap. Bounty hunting V2, which is great. Um, right. Multigrid SDF capital ship destruction. So big ships. Again, they've been working on a lot of big ships. Um, and uh, weapon misfire and wear. That's going to be a pretty interesting one, in my opinion. I, hopefully that comes with uh, being able to fix them and not just replace them. Um, small homes and outposts. That's pretty cool. That's the homesteading stuff that they've been talking about so much in some of their Star Citizen lives and inside yep. Star Citizens and stuff. Um, and the RSI Scorpius, which we'll talk about. Uh, in its own little thing because the RSS Scorpius <sighs> is what's going to make us happy again after Yay! talking about the roadmap roundup. <laughs> so, uh, Bounty Hunting V2, we can chat about a little bit. Uh, there was a question that was posed about it. Um, I, it's just going to be expanding the bounty hunting system. Right now, it's pretty rudimentary. I take a bounty, I go after the bounty, I kill the bounty, right? So, um, things like, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Surrender, um, and uh, non-lethal and delivering your your uh, your bounty target to a certain place, that kind of thing, I assume are going to be yeah. um, within V2. I haven't read too much about V2 myself. Do you I, know more about that than I do? I think they had mentioned something. Uh, I know I read it on the roadmap in release view. Uh, it, it, it's the brief summary, and I think we heard a little bit uh, through one of the Inside Star Citizens with Bounty Hunting V2. I can tell you what I what I'm going to speculate what they're going to be doing with that. Uh, just because we've seen uh, certain gadgets and some of the tech, I think we may see Surrender come in with that. I'm really hoping for non-lethals. I think we can both agree that that is almost half the gameplay of being a bounty hunter is taking and capturing someone. Um, whether, you know, despite what they're doing uh, with that whole system, being able to capture somebody, but being able to track your target down, find out where they're at or where their last known location was to some some type degree uh, with the timing like last seen here seven minutes ago, capturing them, grabbing them, and then cashing them in for some money. So I'm hoping we see that and I, that's going to introduce, um, I don't know if, they're, if they are going to do that with the whole surrender system with AI. I think that may be... As far as live goes, maybe a little too complicated. I hope to see it. Uh, I'm hoping to see non-lethals, though, make an introduction. So that Preacher Arms um, 
taser that we saw, maybe even uh, the crossbow with a cool predator net attachment. Mm. Um, I'm hoping we see the introduction, even if it's in a soft value, some of those things. Um, but not a whole lot. I don't think we're going to be seeing like cryopod usage or anything like that. I wouldn't hold my breath. As much as I would love to throw someone in a cryopod and take them to Clusher, I don't think we're going to see that just yet. And yeah. What about you? I mean, I just I think it's too soon. Too soon. Yeah, I think it probably is. I think all of the tech, I mean, we can, it's tough. Um, everything is tough before we see server meshing. Everything is tough before we start to see things like iCache, server meshing, um, less locational desync, all of those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and we're kind of reaching, in my opinion, I think we're kind of starting to reach that kind of critical mass in Star mm -hmm. Citizen where it's like, ooh, can they really shove anything more into this stuff teddy bear before that teddy bear really starts <laughs> to explode? Or do we have to get a bigger container, you know? What, what a great um, way to put it. I think that we're getting it. that yeah. point. Yeah. We're really, we're at the Build-A-Bear and uh, <laughs> we told them to put extra stuffing in the teddy bear and they're going, you should get a bigger teddy bear, a better one, one with a stronger, you know, support system. No, I want that teddy bear. So at a certain point, how much can we put into the game before the game becomes so unplayable, you know? That, just simply because um, of the server capacity and what it's yeah, able to do. Yeah, server capacity, what the servers can handle. AW, for the record, I mean, this is a little off topic, but the AWS, the Amazon services, are in, are actually really powerful. It's some of the most powerful servers on the planet. And so the fact that this game is giving those servers problems is actually something to think about. So we do really want to see them working on things like server meshing because we're going to reach a critical mass point where it, it, it can't go any further before we get a new server a new style of servers in there, if that makes sense. It does. So, and I, I think that's a great way yeah. to put it. You know, we just have this raw build a bear and we have this teddy bear of a, of a server and how much, mm -hmm. you know, what, how much are we going to be able to stuff into this thing before we just, yeah, I'll grow it. We're wearing this t-shirt of what star citizen is and it just doesn't fit us anymore. I think. And I think it's, it's time that they start showcasing some of the uh, more expansive views of what star citizen should be. So CIG, if you're watching or listening to this, let, let us know. We, we would love to know, like specifics of what you have in store or when we can possibly expect something to come in on that. We did have a, a, a bit of a question here. It says, do you think uh, there will be dead or alive bounties, i.e. Uh, you get more if they're alive? Yes. That's my answer. Yeah. That's the hope so. Yeah, I hope so yeah. too. Uh, as, as far as bounty hunting V2, if surrender comes into play, I think you will definitely, definitely see, I, I would... I could definitely imagine seeing CIG put in missions. I don't think it's a stretch to say, yeah, we put in surrendering. Yes, it affects AI. Yes, this is Bounty Hunter version 2. If you kill them, you still get paid, uh, but you're going to take a hit maybe with the reputation as it wasn't specified. I could definitely see them doing that. Yeah. What do you think, Zero? Do you think you're going to make some monies? Dead or alive, you're coming with me? Warm I or hope cold? So. I, I, I can't wait to... Uh take the anvil hawk and just shove somebody's limp body into that thing and uh <laughs> so have them wake up halfway there in a dark container and have just the next thing they see is me yanking them out and handing them to some authority for a bunch of money i, I can't wait so if anyone's wondering how that's going to work it was explained to us that and that it's subject to change that if you're looking to capture somebody and you're trying to take them alive what what will happen and mind you this is this was explained some time ago and i'm sure it's the iteration on this has changed a bit but essentially i'm a damn dirty criminal zero's the bounty hunter he finds me 
Uh, I don't want to surrender for whatever reason, or maybe he just wants to make sure he takes me in alive and I don't try nothing on his ship, like hijacking it. You know, so he, he puts me in a cryopod. The moment that he incapacitates me, it creates um, a ragdoll. So uh, in the world, I am now a ragdoll in which he can interact with, uh, which will tie into, I'm sure, the, the, the actor uh, system, which I think is, is 3, 14, or 15, uh, another iteration of it. But he'll be able to interact with me, probably put me in some kind of cryopod, a restraint chair. Um, but I, I will no longer be there. I will be waking up in prison I'm assuming I mean it depends because you can throw somebody in a cryopod and uh, I know we can get into the weeds about this but what if he takes me to a different facility you know in a different system a different corporation with their own prison system etc but we'll say Klesher I'll wake him at Klesher I'll serve my time that ragdoll he'll need to turn in to get his monies mm. um, so I think that's the best I think that's the best um, the best way to do it um, just from a right. gameplay standpoint because if I'm if I'm a if I'm a uh, wanted player and I get captured, I don't want mm -hmm. to have my gameplay for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes be sitting there in a dark thing, watching my screen be black, you know? It's gotta, it's gotta have something for me to do, you know what I mean? It's gotta have some, an option for me to say, all right, you've been captured, would you like to start your prison sentence now? You know, and that kind of just I makes agree. sense for me, right? Um, yeah. And then for the bounty hunter, it's, you know, would you like to you know, now you've captured the guy, he's yours, now you can take him uh, where you need to take him. And I think that kind of gives that reward for all of the extra effort that it may, it may take to take in a player alive, you know? Oh, um, yeah. It also gives the criminal the ability to, you know, start the rehabilitation in Clasher yeah. or wherever they're going to do it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and just re and spawn in there and just start what they're going to start and do whatever they're going to do, if they're going to escape or if they're going to, you know, whatever it might be, uh, to continue their gameplay without it being interrupted by that capture. I think that's really the only thing I can think of that would allow for that. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't know from there on. No, I, I, but I we can hope. Yeah, and I think that same tech on the back end that's going to be affecting other gameplay loops, maybe the get medical gameplay. You're probably going to see something like that too. Um, and I'll just touch on it a little because I don't think we've heard a lot as far as medical gameplay in that regard. I think if you if you're banged up and you need to get out into you need to escape your ship and you're banged up, maybe you're, you're even planet side and you get you're incapacitated, but you don't die. You'll wake up in a med bay and a yeah. new gameplay loop, a contract will be generated for you know, an emergency mm -hmm. medical player, and they'll come pick up your ragdoll. Or maybe if that doesn't happen uh, over a certain amount of time, maybe um, it'll just tell you that's what's happened on your end, but you'll wake up at a medical mm -hmm. bay and the game will have rescued you. I got, I got you. Welcome back. Yeah, sorry. It was that damn bangle flyby. Blocked out the comms. Oh, uh, yeah. Blocked out the comms for a minute. I get it. I get it. Yeah, sorry about that. I, think I might have it. Yeah, I, got, I got you. You're good. We're green. Is that correct? Let's see if it pulls up or not. I may have to keep working on it. Um, so, long story short, if you die, mm -hmm. um, it's they send out rescue teams to find you. The game does. And it's it's instant, right? It's just a fade to right. black thing where it's like, you have you have been incapacitated, you have died, you have, your ship has blown up. Do you wait for rescue? What do you do? You know, and you wait for rescue. Oh, they, they got you after two days, you were floating there in space right. uh, and you lost a leg, you know, and there's there's a higher chance of, uh, of complications due to the fact that you 
were floating there in space for a day or whatever it might be, you know? Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that. I like that idea. I like that it, it creates, um, it creates a, uh, it creates a risk reward for different choices. It creates uh, game around rescue. Um, and it, cre it, 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 it gives you that no lapse. There's no lapse in gameplay. You're not sitting there for 20 minutes staring at a black screen. You know, you have the option to wait for pickup and then it just kind of, you know, carries you on with your existence, if that makes right. sense. Right, and I, I think uh, the whole back end, whatever that may be in the actor uh, system, I think that's probably where we're going to be seeing with the bounty hunting and the whole medical gameplay. And I, I'm sure that'll go into actual medical gameplay. Maybe someone's incapacitated in, a, in the sense that we understand it in Star Citizen and someone who maybe their career path is an emergency medical tech. Um, it'll probably run that whole uh run that whole gambit as far as the homesteading uh goes it says this deliverable has been renamed to outpost homesteads independent and outlaw encompassing several several edition modules as well as rundown variants previously marked as unannounced this deliverable is has now been revealed on the progress tracker so this mm -hmm. is an, another big one i think a lot of people have been waiting for i know for myself you know and a lot of people are gonna hate me for this i just don't see a whole lot of reason to go down to a planet at the moment there's no point or to walk around it's just a huge empty canvas and now things are being painted into it um mm. so to speak now you have a reason to take your your ursa rover or your you know your tumbrel ground vehicle and go explore a bit so to see you know the outposts whether they're going to be hostile to you or um, with friendly, or maybe they'll have contracts there, etc. Or just a cool place to go. Maybe they sell something there that no no other place does. Um, just a reason to be planet side. I've I've been waiting for that for so long. So just to even see it here with this small amount of text really uh, stands out to me. Yeah. Hmm. Anything on it? Um, yeah. I mean. I, I think I just like them giving us more reasons to do everything. You know, the idea right. that uh, there's some kind of activity at any point of interest that you can go to, um, for instance, derelict spaceships, right? Uh, so the way that they describe this is points of interest that will be scattered on planets. Okay, you know? Um, yeah. There'll be derelict spaceships with some kind of activity, either a puzzle, traversal activity, or hostile AI, and some kind of reward for solving, resolving said activity. There may be a mission that says... The wreck of this ship has been taken over by bad guys. I need you to go clear them out and take care of it. Okay, that's a cool mission, you know? Uh, oh, this yeah. wreck has... You need to hack into one of the doors or whatever it might be and get in and get this piece of cargo. That's kind of a puzzle that you have to solve, right? Um, so I like that gameplay. I like that a lot. It gives us reasons to go... Like you said, re more reasons to go planet side. Always a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, just solving those issues when we get there, it shouldn't just be as simple as going to a wreck and interacting with something uh, going to a wreck interacting with something understanding the situation and s resolving that situation i think is a much deeper experience yeah um there, there needs to be a rhyme and reason uh, you know places to go for sure all these points of interest uh just scattered across the map whatever those may be they could be as, as simple as a as a wreck or uh you know an outpost in town it could it could be a contract in a cave whatever it may be they j it needs to be enough to where the immersion is taking place and simulating mm. choice. We all know it's a game. We all know it's on rails. 
But the real magic happens is when you don't realize those things and it's just happening. And the Elder Scrolls series does this really well, uh, and I'm ho and as, as well as other ones. Uh, so I'm really hoping we see things like that. You know, mini games. Um, I guess, for lack of a better word, were you know, yeah, this is a crash site. Yes, you know, th these are large ships in Star Citizen. So if you if you come up to a crash site to, you know, an Idris or something like that, and you're able. This thing is still going to have locked doors. Okay, it didn't crash with all mm -hmm. of its doors unlocked. So the way you put it, you know, I agree. You know, being able to go there, hack some of these doors, maybe power it up to a certain degree, find X, Y, Z. You know, maybe there's no contract there and you just stumbled across it and you're a damn scavenger and this is how you make your money in the verse. Being able True to that. do that is, you know what I'm saying? That's that's a yeah. big that's a big gameplay loop in, it, in and of itself. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I suppose we should probably move on. Um, yep. And something that's kind of very interesting that's been talked about in the community a lot uh, is capacitor gameplay. So down on the release view, um, they've added capacitor gameplay to the release view. Mm -hmm. um, I do, I do really enjoy the idea of capacitors. I've always kind of liked how Elite Dangerous did capacitors, where you have three different uh, types of capacitors, a lot like you see um, here with weapon thruster and shield capacitors. Um, yeah. Elite Dangerous does a little bit differently. What you're doing is you are telling your distributor how much power to put to each of those capacitors and they fill up and it uses directly from the capacitors. In Star Citizen, it seems like it's going to be a little bit more um, like you'll ha the capacitors are going to be extra power that you can choose to use at different times uh, based upon your need um, that, are, that are kind of built up there beforehand, uh, which, I, which I think I like that. I, I like the ability to not only have that extra um, performance when you need it, mm -hmm. um, but also to have that extra performance be a limiting factor on certain things like boost or weapon, weapons fire. If you have a ship that has really high energy weapons and a turret that's got really high energy weapons, yeah, you can do a lot of damage, um, but you're gonna have to think out your attack plan and how you're gonna use those capacitors within that attack plan. So I really like that. I really like the addition. Yeah, I think also that that's going to bring in multi-crew gameplay to a certain degree. And I know the not this Inside Services, but the last one spoke on this a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, giving uh, people aboard your ship, you know, not just those regular old terminals that we see. It'll be very specified to specific jobs aboard the ship. Being able to divert power being, you know, one of the big ones and figure out where you're distributing energy. Um, yeah. Even, whether, not necessarily to weapons, uh, mind you, even though your weapons are aboard your ship but just to see I, I just don't know if that's going to play a part with certain things I, I speculate that there's going to be just a myriad of different um, emplacements big ones to small ones planet side just because we've seen the one small one and I'm wondering uh, if we'll have anything in that regard when it comes to those I'd imagine so mm -hmm. considering they they have spoken about the huge emplacements being able to bring down larger ships planet side but yeah yeah I guess we'll see on that. Right. And then we have um, Planetary Volumetric Clouds version 1. I I can't tell you how, as, as somebody who does a lot of low flying, I can't tell you how excited I am for stuff like that. Um, it's already pretty. I mean, I've, you know, I've been in Microtech where there's been kind of like a snowstorm coming through and like the sunrise is coming through the snowstorm and you get this oh, really beautiful. cool like, you know, uh, God ray effects and everything. But yeah. the fact that volumetric clouds are going to make it better than that is really exciting uh, and that's you know yeah. pretty much all i have to say on it i'm just really excited for volumetric clouds coming through so yeah I, mean, I think it's going to be great 
yeah, I think that's it. It's it's exciting to, to see that happen. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I think it'll open up, you know, some some gameplay. You know, not being able to see, having to have different scanners or sensors just to see through damn mm-hmm. cloud cover, and even hiding in it, as as Jared has mentioned a, a couple times. Yeah, for sure. Um, it gives them the ability to make the clouds into a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And if you make the clouds into a, an object or a container, as it were, like a container within a container. Um, it, it kind of allows you to then say like, okay, if a ship enters that cloud container, what happens to its sensors? What happens to its cross section and its um, v- uh, viewability, its its signature, as it were? Um, not only its visual signature, but also, um, you know, it's the ability to be able to see it on sensors, radar, active scans, things like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do when you have a physicalized um, volumetric cloud in the game you can then say that volumetric cloud is like an em storm of some kind and a ship may be able to hide in that really well you know what i mean yeah it makes the player choose you know do i want to go in there do i want to hide in there is that dangerous to my ship is it gonna you know hurt me it's etc um yeah yeah exciting to put it cool stuff all right Um, well here we are. are we on to the are we on to the fun th- oh and and sad times um we're, we're moving on to the sad stuff getting ready everybody get your tissues because we have issues um yeah, move to already. 315 i'm just gonna i'm gonna rip the band-aid off here yep um, move to 315 personal inventory um f's in the chats for those uh tech healing tier zero fps radar and scanning uh hacking tech NPC healing, the Cure Life medical tool, and the Gray Cat multi-tool healing attachment. Um, when 313 first dropped, I remember saying, I bet that 314, all of the healing stuff is going to get moved to 315. And unfortunately, I was correct about that. Um, I'm a little bummed, mostly, that personal inventory got pushed back. Actually, yeah. that's really, that to me is the worst one that got pushed back. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. I'm still grateful that they want to do it well when they implement it, but you know if i start seeing things like personal inventory keeps sliding and sliding it's like oh that's going to be really tough so hopefully that doesn't happen but yeah personal inventory is the big one for me there i know a lot Mm -hmm. of people were looking forward to healing and just seeing the big pushback to 315 um i i love it when new gameplay loops and careers come into star citizen it opens up new opportunities you know you see people kind of diversify what they're already doing and and do something else and there's a there's just a bigger pool but personal inventory, I know it sounds dumb, but being able to access vendor trash for whatever reason just makes it mm-hmm. a bit more wholesome of an experience. And it's just a different oh, way to sure. make money to a certain degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, even now, if they added the ability, they added the ability for me to go to Cubby Blast and be like, hey, I've looted a bunch of P4 ARs from these NPCs. Can I sell them for like a thousand credits a piece? Right. Like even that would give so much more life you know, to that section of gameplay. And I think it could really richen it, but yeah, it's, it's nothing, nothing else to say about it. It's uh, pretty frustrating to see personal inventory get pushed back. Healing as well, but um, for me, the personal inventory was the biggest one. And I think for a lot of pirates, mm-hmm. a lot of PVP players, I think personal inventory was something that we were really looking forward to playing around with. So just yeah, only it, see it, I guess. Yeah, it's rough. Um, I talked that one up so big. <laughs> I don't want to dwell <laughs> yeah. on it because it just, it, you know, it, it yeah. sucks. Yeah. Okay. Well, but then we have 316, uh, weapon mm-hmm. charge and drain tier zero. Um, 
uh, this is being moved uh, for everyone that's listening and can't see this. The active feature EVA Tier 2, which we saw a little bit with the waypoints. The salvage, unfortunately, not going to be seeing that uh, for some time. Uh, Zero-G push and pull, and the Grey Cat multi-tool salvage attachment. So salvage, in essence, uh, pretty much out of the loop for a while. Sorry, guys. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, just watching salvage get pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed has been yeah. uh, one of the lowlights for me uh in in star citizen to be honest with you there's and star yeah. citizen's a beautiful game i love the game you guys know this um but uh salvage gameplay will add so much to the game i was so excited even back in like 39 310 um when i would blow up a ship and sometimes you'd see those little like a module kind of hanging oh, around yeah. you see like a little shield generator you'd be like ah salvage is I, wa I want here. that yeah yep. and i was like i want to i want to pick that up and put it in my ship and then take it to a port and do something with it um, and so it has been pretty frustrating to kind of watch that get uh, pushed by the wayside a little bit. Um, as far as you know, zero G push pull, I'm not. I don't really doesn't bother me that much. I think that zero G push pull is probably going to stick with EVA tier two wherever they are T two wherever they go. They're going to go together. Um, and I think salvage and the gray cat multi tool salvage attachment obviously are going to be um, yeah. stuck together. And I think they're going to be stuck together with weapon charge and drain. I think that's going to go along with the multi tool being able to drain its batteries and charge and things like that. Um, and that might even go along, unfortunately, with the I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me to see a lot of the healing tech because you have to, you know, you NPC healing, the cure life tool, uh, healing tier zero and the multi tool healing attachment. They may all stick together, too. So they might move to 316 as well um, because that, you know, they might be kind of stuck with weapon charge and drain. So in a perfect world, I'd like to see weapon charge drain get moved to 315 and have all of that fixed together along with the right. salvage attachment. I'd like to see all of it in 315. But um, yeah, I think I think we may be waiting a little bit longer even for some of that medical stuff if it is stuck with the multi-tool healing attachment. So um, yeah. Not much to say about well, it. It sucks. Yeah, probably the worst, uh, the most <laughs> egregious on this entire list uh, is Ladder Tier 1. Ladder oh, Tier God. 1 has been moved to 317. So basically, um, for those of you who know what this is, um, there's a Reddit called SC Refunds. Um, so if you're if you were really interested in Ladders Tier 1, uh, it's been moved to 317. So go ahead and get your refunds now. Get your refunds uh, now, guys. Just Just get it over <laughs> with. Uh, especially if you backed for the uh, the Legatus ladder package or package, um, you know, early on in development, you expected that uh, before 317, you're going to be missing out on that ladder tier one um, gameplay. Put it, put it towards the Scorpius. Yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. Um, and, and then we have. Uh, sorry. Go on. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was jumping the gun anyway on temporary mm -hmm. room. Temporary temp temp. You know what? Just fuck it. Go. Okay, um, so this actually scares me a little bit, and and you see this a lot. He's okay. He's all right. He's all right. Um, you see this a lot in in Star Citizen development, um, and this is something that I mentioned a few minutes ago. I think salvage tier zero uh, and cutting tier two. I think those may be kind of loosely attached, and I kind of uh -huh. wonder if salvage is going to get pushed off even further to 317 for two reasons i think we've been we've seen salvage pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and salvage goes along with cutting really well you know so yeah that's that's you know i could have swore that that was on something else uh the cutting tier two i could have swore that was um 
pinned with Salvage. But I wouldn't be surprised if Salvage gets pushed to 317 just to pair up with Cutting. I think those two kind of go hand in hand. I would love mm -hmm. it if they moved Cutting. Um, but for whatever reason, the player interaction experience just across the board with everything may also go hand in hand as well. It's yeah. just not... I don't know. I, as much as I am not interested in salvage, I think that's just going to be pushed back further from what it's already being pushed back to right now. Mm -hmm. I, I, It's just what it is. I, I don't think we're going to be seeing that anytime soon unfortunately guys so if you're in if you got yourself a damn salvage ship um don't hold your breath yep i will say this um i have a weird feeling that orison and crusader and volumetric clouds mm -hmm. just took a lot more resources than they thought it was going to take um and it's you know that's been a problem so we might i'll i'll be willing to be a little bit optimistic and say when, when all that's implemented, we see that kind of stuff, you know, or, uh, Crusader, uh, Orison, Volumetric Clouds, that kind of thing. We see that stuff implemented, you know, we may see a shift where then the things that were moved to 315 are really delivered upon, and then 316 may be delivered upon. I don't want to uh -huh. be too optimistic, but it does make a little bit of sense that if um, Orison and Crusader especially um, were just a lot more on their plate than they thought it was, that when those things are taken care of, we might see kind of a some normalcy, um, you know, resume to the release view and, and how we see it and, and see less pushbacks. So I know we've been talking a lot about that because we're both pretty depressed mm -hmm. about it. But. <laughs> I, I, I definitely think they've been under the gun to complete Stanton. And when I say completion, guys, just uh, once again, take that with a grain of salt. Completion in the main assets that are going to be within that system. Because then they're going to have a blueprint for everything else um, to a certain degree. I definitely think there are some other features that we haven't had our eyes on yet are going to get a lot more love, and Zero is touching on that a bit. Uh, I, I I just think Orson, you know, probably, I don't know if it's the most technological of everything they've put in to the, what we know Stanton to be at the moment, but for whatever reason, Cloud Tech and just the player state itself probably sucked mm -hmm. up a lot of resources and that's why a lot of these things are getting pushed back we don't know we're not we don't have we're not on the other side of the veil here this is all speculation but that's the fun part about it um to a certain degree so hopefully you know with pyro which is already being worked on and a lot of those systems are being moved over uh into um the the next system we'll see within star citizen yeah the development process will be a lot smoother and things will be pumped out you know at an accelerated rate uh, I think this year so far is looking still pretty good from what we were speculating uh, late last year. Um, yeah. so, some I, of these moves, man, are just rough. Yeah, some of them are really rough, and it's, I think they're rough because of how much we've been really looking forward to some of the things like salvage and uh, personal inventory and stuff like that. Um, from, a, from a realistic standpoint, um, and I'm going to say the C word here, um, COVID has been rough. Oh, yeah. On CD CD Project Red, um, you know they made their mistakes, but COVID did not help. Um, a lot of other game developers, I've heard of games that are just being scrapped, um, be, and big studios are scrapping big projects. Um, because, and I think a lot of it has to do with job markets, um, the way that money has been moving, um, all the different developments with COVID, and you know working from home and all those things. They really do put a hamper in things. Um, for for reference, I work at. In, in the IT department at a hospital. I'm on site and I have been on site um, the entire time, um, aside from one uh, time frame when I was uh, 
when I was on leave uh, because of, you know, for COVID and for, for money saving stuff, I literally didn't work uh, for a month last, uh, last summer. Um, and, but I will say the transition to work from home has, it, it's like throwing a box of wrenches into the gears. You know what I mean? Um, it really does change everything. And the time it takes companies, even a hospital, to make the changes required to make work from home really work and work smoothly. Yeah. The infrastructure changes, the network changes, the VP is all that stuff. It really just cuts into their, it cuts into their ability to do things in a timely manner. So as we start to subside from COVID and things like that, um, you know, maybe we could see uh, a release to, or a, a return to some normalcy with, uh, with meeting a lot of deadlines and things like that. So I remain cautiously optimistic about things returning a little bit more to normal, but um, I can see why everything is just kind of been pushed back a little bit. There have been so many big things going on in the world that it really does make it tough. Yeah, and I think um, being in that state is probably the best way to be. I, You know, f once again, we just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But from what I do see, I think they've done an outstanding job with the whole work from home uh, deal. There, I think they mentioned there was some hiccups at first. I mean, but that's to be expected. Mm -hmm. But I, I really do think, guys, you got to think, they all the shows that they're putting out, all the content, you know, despite everything that you get and you see all the hate coming out of Spectrum and whatnot, they really have done a, a, just a great job in keeping us updated um, with what's been happening with COVID and doing their best to try to continue to push out these features, all the all the events that we've experienced on the in-between. So, um, But remain optimistic. You never know. Some of this stuff may be moved back you know you just don't know a lot of things are mm. being a lot of restrictions are being lifted in the u.s right now i think here in southern california you won't even have to wear a mask here in a couple of weeks uh, so i mean to take that for what it is um yeah. and how that'll affect the studio but hopefully we'll be hearing something out of cig soon yeah. uh, on that i know they have multiple offices so i will say this too <clears throat> um if if you guys were upset about the ladders tier one being moved to 317 um, get your pitchforks out because the fire extinguisher tech has been removed from the tracker entirely. That's um, it. So it's definitely, it. yeah, it's uh, wherever CIG headquarters is. I think we're going there. We're um, going there this summer to uh, protest fire extinguishers being removed. <laughs> Just bring I think that's no, probably... Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't listen to me. Yeah. Well, you can set fire to the game, but you can't. Uh, once somebody mentioned, we can't even set fire to the game. Uh, you oh, yeah. just can't put the fire out. Yeah. Uh, so we have one tough thing about fire extinguishers being removed, actually, that, that is a little bit telling, is they've been working on fire propagation mechanics in the game for a long time. You know, there was an ISC about it a while back, um, yeah. talking about how fires might spread through ships or buildings and that kind of thing. The removal of fire extinguishers is telling because I think when they put fires into the game, they're also going to want to put a way to stop the fires into the game. Um, and if they're removing the way that you stop the fires, they're probably not looking real heavily at the fire propagation. So it is a little bit telling in, in that regard, um, but not not sure. So we'll see. Yeah, those, those two are probably going to go hand in hand as well. But I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, from what we saw, um, and I won't, do, I won't uh, dwell on it too long. It looked interesting. Can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. But there we yeah, are. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And hopefully military ships will be very resistant to fires because as we all know all all anvil ships are actually made of rich mahogany oh boy. and fires propagate quite fast as opposed to drake in which the more your ship is on fire the better it will perform 
Yeah, if if uh, if your Drake ship is on fire and you open the back, it acts as an extra thruster. Person. And if you paint it red, everyone knows it'll go faster. So those two just Definitely. go hand in hand. Paint it, paint it red, and it will uh, cover up the rust, blends in, and also the fire. Yeah. Paint Little flames trick. on the side, so when your when your Drake ship is on fire, nobody even knows. Little tip. You can park it. Yeah, when you're trying to trade it in for that sexy origin <laughs> ship. Uh, yeah, that thing out on the pet. Does that look like it's on fire? Do you know there's just flames on the side? Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Ne next, they had the migrating legacy vehicle XMLs to data core. It says after planning meetups, this task has been reevaluated to put more, uh, gra more a gradual process than initially anticipated and therefore doesn't have a set release date. For this reason, this deliverable is being removed from release view. Well, there you are. Mm -hmm. Shield system tech uh, replacement, small home outpost, colonialism. It says, as mentioned above in the progress tracker section, this feature has uh, had a change in scope and is being temporarily removed from the release view until it has been properly scheduled out, which it, I don't think is a big deal simply because it was our little, it was a ways off anyway. Um, not forever, though. I, I think uh, it'll come on back, as we all know. And then there's a little tidbit there and a link to Spectrum if, if you're curious to read that out to everyone. I think everyone knows that things are tentative. Things get removed all the time. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just the nature of development, guys. Sometimes they have to move resources somewhere else. Um, not going to frown about that one. That's yep. for sure. Yeah, so and one thing to note about that is the tentative versus committed conversation. Um, really don't, I mean, it sounds kind of bad to say, but anything you mm -hmm. see on here that um, shows up as tentative, it may not stay. It may move down the list. It you know, may move up the list, um, but tentative, um, it really does mean tentative. And if you see something that says committed, that's a very important word to, to remember, you know, is that you're oh, looking yeah. for that tentative versus committed. If you see a tentative, you know, there's people that freak out, oh, this got added to the progress tracker. Yes, it's like, well, it's either in concept or it's tentative or, you know, it's not committed. You know, don't don't take anything to the bank until it says committed or and maybe not even then. Not even then. Honest with you. Yeah, never say never. Um, yep. All right, so are we ready to get happier? I'm ready. All right, That's I'm ready sure. to get happier. Let's talk okay. about the Scorpius. Well, it looks like an X-Wing, and I didn't know how to feel about it at first, uh, simply because I don't like RSI ships, and then the more I stared at it, the more I realized, hey, I like this. I do, it's, too. It's um, growing on me. I, I, I didn't like it, but I... And I still, I, to be honest with you, I still don't like necessarily its technical overview. Um, supposedly, sure. it's going to have two small shield generators, which presumably size one shield generators. So to me, it kind of sparks a lot like a hurricane. Um, it has the weapons way out on the ends of the wings that may cause some issues with convergence. Um, the wings are going to have a huge cross section uh, from the top. Uh, they're pretty wide wings. Um, glass cannon, uh, lots of problems potentially with the ship. I think those wings are going to pop off like pogs. But that thing is so sexy. <laughs> it looks good. Yeah. So it's it's got to... that. Sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's just got that typical geometry you expect from RSI, while mm -hmm. while surprisingly looking very cool. Yeah. Kind of kind of took me out of left field there. Um, a little bit. I thought it would look a little dodgy, but it actually looks pretty cool. 
For sure. Obs- auxiliary um, weapons. It says a quartet of gimbaled size two laser repeaters and eight size two missiles uh, round out the Scorpion's formidable we- weapon package, making it one of the most heavily armed fighters in its class. Yeah. So the interesting thing about it is I do think that its bottom and its top are going to be weak points. It's going to have a huge cross-section if you guys have seen some of the images of it. Um, and head-on is, is going to be its strength. Um, you can see actually in the image that, that I've got pulled up, um, there's actually a hurricane chasing it, uh, which I think is a little bit telling. Um, I do think that it's RSI's answer to the hurricane a little bit. I also think, somebody mentioned this in my chat as well, um, mm. that it's made, I think it's made for carriers. Um, the way that those wings sweep way back um, and fold up and close up, the thing is going to be very compact when it's in landing mode. Um, and I think that's very telling for the kind of use that the IG wants to see out of it. I think they want it um, to work from a carrier. You know, I think they want it to be that carrier-based ship. And somebody mentioned the Polaris um, could be a perfect fit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I didn't even think about... I, I saw the animations um, here on the site about how it deploys its wings and its turret. And it, it seems like a very compact ship when stored. And I think this yeah. would be a great addition to... Uh, your fleet, storing it on a carrier, perhaps um, using it for carrier defense, even simply because I think it's mm-hmm. classified as a heavy fighter. Um, yeah, I, I, find I, it I, I, I do just, find it really odd that they classify it as a heavy fighter. They classify the Hurricane as a heavy fighter, if I recall, too. Uh, and they classify the Banu Defender as a light fighter, even though the Banu Defender has a size two shield. Very squarely should be a medium fighter, in my opinion. That's a whole thing. Um, yeah. I also think this should be classed as a medium fighter, if I'm being honest. But it, it, I think they they deal with the the triangle, as it were, of attack, defense, and evasion, right? And they go, if a ship eclipses a certain level in any of these, you know, uh, uh, as a total, as a whole, then it's classed as a light, a medium, or a heavy. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that necessarily, but its weapons complement is certainly heavy fighter range, right? It has enough weapons to 100% um, be a heavy fighter, uh, but its glass cannon, its shielding, you know, a lot of its modules really scream medium fighter to me. So uh, there's a little bit to be worked out there, I think. But Yeah, this ship doesn't strike me as something um, that you would maybe take out a loan. I know in the current state of Star Citizen, that's kind of where you're at at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I can see this thing in a squadron, if you will, of um, of attack Scorpiuses. I almost called them Scorpions, but attack Scorpiuses deploying from a carrier to, to fend off any would-be attackers or bombers coming in, just totally shredding them and then you know going back uh, to base. You know, retracting uh, your manned gun up there and your wings and then refueling and refitting for the next operation. Um, I'm happy yeah. about this vehicle and anyone who's looking to get this thing, despite what it's war bonding at or even the, the initial price range, I would say do it. I would say do it. I think I may even do it, even though I'm not a fan of RSI ships. Um, this looks like a keeper to me. Hmm. We need like a stamp system. It's like one out of five zeros. <laughs> Or something with your face on it you know what yeah. what are we <laughs> that's what's so it's I coming off something that's interesting um and I'm, I'm pulling this up if you look at the hollow viewer sonoda i think that's going to be very telling for you uh if you look if you're looking at it on the website you can check out the hollow viewer mm-hmm. um and if you look at it from the front or if you look at it from the rear the cross section is actually quite manageable i think that's a, a pretty good cross section i think the wings are pretty skinny as soon as you look at it from the top 
it is a massive cross section. It's not a it's not a little bit bigger. It's a lot bigger from the top and from the bottom. Um, the mm. on rails turret is really going to help with that, I think, because the on rails turret is going to give you that, you know, really good, you know, assuming you have a good co-pilot, um, that yeah. really good coverage with uh, those, you know, four extra weapons that are on there. But it's I think this this ship's strength is going to be running and facing its target. Um, so to me, I see this ship as much more of a carrier based strike craft, like a first strike craft. I think if it gets into dogfights, um, it's gonna lose it's gonna lose wings like they're going out of style, and then it's gonna be nothing but the centerpiece. Um, the nice thing about it being nothing but the centerpiece is the turret is attached to the center chunk. So if it does lose all of the wings and engines, it probably still has some maneuvering thrusters, and it does still have some kind of defense uh, that it can take. But again, I really see this as a ship that's a super 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 glass cannon, boom and zoom fighter. Oh yeah, um, it is what I see. Um, that is going to be very good when it's pointed at you and very good when it's pointed away from you. So I think its job is going to be to get in, blow stuff up, and get out rather than stick around for the fight. Because if it sticks around for the fight, you're going to be looking at it from a top-down view a lot as you're in a dogfight, turning battles, things like that. Or even the side view is a pretty big cross-section. And uh, and it's going to get torn to pieces. So, Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, making use of that, that huge turret on top... Um being able to go in face your enemy i think you are right i think it's going to have you know a couple weak weak points blind spot or two but i think going in and doing its job what it's intended for as a as opposed to dog fighting maybe like some other ships are um yeah for whatever reason it's reminding me of a super hornet a bit i hope it i hope it performs just much differently than how that was because i i owned one of those for a time um, and I think it's just because it, it has that, that gun on top. But it, yeah. this is coming off uh, very different. I think this is going to be an asset to anyone's uh, fleet, especially if you're part of an org. And I'm just really loving the Stinger paint. That is just talking yeah, to Yeah, I me saw right the, Stinger, the Stinger yes. paint, too. looked really good. So this yeah. ship is, uh, I think the standalone was... I can't remember the prices exactly. It's a 200-ish, 200 or 220. I think it's two, 220 two, if you get it with... With the paint pack, right? Yeah, two twenty for a standalone. Your war bonding with the Stinger paint at two hundred um, for concierge. Scorpius Stinger paint's looking at eleven for concierge and war bonding at two hundred, mm -hmm. uh, just for everyone as well. That's yeah. what you're looking at cool. here. Yeah, yeah, moderately looks, priced. Uh, looks looks intriguing. Um, you know, the, the difficulty I have maybe with it is. Um, the Ares is very similarly priced, and now the Ares is going to be probably a little bit slower, probably a little bit less maneuverable, and bigger. Um, but that is a single-seat fighter that has a size seven weapon attached to it. Uh, what do yeah. you? What do you? You know? <sighs> how do you do that? Now I will say this: if you outfit this, I I, I checked it out. Right? Um, is that? Uh, with these four or eight, eight size, I think it's eight size threes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, feel free to correct me. But uh, assuming that it's eight size threes, um, you're looking at with a with attritions. Let's assume they're attritions for a second. Mm -hmm. You're looking at eight thousand overclocked DPS while they're firing. That's a lot. That's an awful lot. And with the turret even facing the rear, you can run away and do four thousand DPS against somebody who's right behind you right um that's pretty impressive that's pretty damn impressive while running um, away being the key yeah. word there 
Yeah, while running, while getting away. So that's so, pretty pretty impressive, I think. So we have 220 for the Banu Defender, 195 for Hurricane, and 220 for the Ares. And it's, I, I mean, they're all different ships. So I think yeah. um, if you're if you're trying to ball on a budget here and you're trying to buy just one of those, really know what you're you're going for. Um, and I think with the Scorpius, from what it's seeming to be from Zero and I, um, I don't want to say a defense ship because it's, it's really not because this thing packs a punch. I just think it's going to be catered to a specific um, role within a fleet, within a fleet, yeah. mind you, within a fleet. I very much agree with that. Yeah. So just know that, that. I do think that this ship is is going to be very role based. I think you have a lot of ships like the Cutlass Black, um, even the Vanguard series that are made. A couple of people are made to get into a vanguard and you know one guy sleeps the other guy flies it's long range it has a little, most of the vanguards have little kitchenettes or storage um different things like that i don't think this ship is going to be that um i you know i, I kind of thought maybe it would have you know it, and it may still have a bed tucked in there somewhere but i doubt it wow. um or a bathroom or something but i really think this is going to be a short to medium range um strike craft uh that that really is is carrier based or is is support craft based at the very least um you know oh yeah and yeah uh, totally so agree. i think initially comparing it to a vanguard yeah it might kill a vanguard if it sneaks up on a vanguard just to be able to do that much you know straight line damage um but if it doesn't that vanguard is likely gonna gonna outclass it uh, and outlast it in the fight so should probably just mention two very different yeah it says the RSI Scorpius is being offered for the first time as a limited vehicle concept pledge to celebrate Invictus launch week. Non-Warbond pledges include special 10-year insurance. Warbond pledges come with lifetime insurance. Just bear that in mind. Important little tidbit. I gotta Love say, the, if you play Star man. Citizen for 10 years and you still need to pay for insurance on your ships, that's some good staying power right there. Yeah. Do what you can with so. it. Man, that is just the pain. God, I thought the ship looked cool. Now the paint's looking really good to me. I'm a sucker. They got me. Yeah, did they? <laughs> yeah, let me see. If, where is the... Uh, trying to find the buying options right now. I got, I got a link. overview, don't I? I got a link for you. I'll, uh, Please I'll do. It. Yeah, thank you. Yep. I don't want to stream Inception, so let me... Uh... Yeah, man, I, I, man I, I've been waiting at... How am I going to word this? I've been waiting to... Ah, uh, oh, never mind. I'm going to keep my comments to myself and get us in trouble on our first go. Yeah, it looks good. I will good. say this. I like the paint. I think if I, think if I had to choose uh, between... If I had to choose between uh, a Scorpius um, or an Ares, my personal play style and what I feel like I can get out of a ship... I'm choosing the Ares. They're about the same price. For me, if I'm RSI, I wouldn't mind seeing the price of the RSI Scorpius drop by about $25 as a whole um, and drop the Hurricane a little bit as well. That, that's what I would do um, as far as like a backing thing is concerned. I think a lot of people are going to make that same decision where they go, hmm, I could back for the RSI Scorpius. I could CCU to it or... I could fly around with a size seven and blow shit up. <laughs> I think oh, that yeah. a lot of people are are going to make that decision, even though the Scorpius has cool factor. A lot of people think the Ares has cool factor, you know. If, um, if, if I was or, hard or the stuck, uh, Vanguard series, yeah. If I was hard stuck between the Scorpius and the, the Ares, man, I I just been looking forward to the Ares for a long time. I probably would go with that. It, it would be a really hard choice because I like both. 
Um, yeah. I think I would go towards the Ares simply because uh, I'm not a fan of heavy fighters. Um, but man, it, it's a good looking ship, and I don't say that often about many ships, especially, R, especially not RSI. So, yeah, there true. it is. Okay. Yeah. So very good. I mean, very good stuff. They're really good showing, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I really think that they they they're doing a good job. I think at making ships both manufacturer specific, so it looks like an RSI ship. When those wings are folded back, it kind of looks like an Aurora, to be honest. Um, and but at the same time, they're doing a really good job. I think of making ships unique, right? Um, it has a unique special thing with the wings folding and the amount of firepower it has. It looks like no other ship, but it's still in class as a Hurricane, maybe in the same class as a Vanguard in the right hands, maybe in the same class as a Super Hornet in the right hands. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to see it. Could it say? Yeah, I mean, took the words right out of my mouth. I think that's that's all there is to be said. I'm excited to see it. I want to see it in game. Um, the concept looks extremely intriguing. I think it's priced um, right. I think it's priced right for what it is. Um, yeah, we did have, it says, we, we had someone saying in chat here, do you guys, th what do you think the loner will be? Oh, uh, I think I know the loners already. It's a hurricane and an F7C, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so you got a Hornet and a hurricane, uh, as the, uh, as the loners for it. Yeah, there we are. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it a, a Her Her No, it's not Herc and a Super Hornet. <laughs> Somebody in my chat said Hercules and a Super Hornet. <laughs> it's, like, it's a pretty large ship. I was looking at the guy yeah. inside. If, if that's to be the scale, it's... I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a little tiny cabin in there, but I yeah. wouldn't hold my breath for it either. Yeah, um, I think if we see any anything as far as the cabin is concerned, I think we may see like an entrance at the rear, like a thin ramp, um, and then just a little hallway. And that hallway might have a couple of weapon racks on it, just something kind of built into the hallway. If it does have a bunk, it's going to be tiny, you know, and it's yeah. going to be up in this corner. Now, you can see if you look close, there is actually a ladder on the side to get into the cockpit. Mm. So there may not be a rear entrance. I hope there is a rear entrance with a with a thin little hallway that might have some modules and stuff on it. Because they do have to have, they're building ships with module access um, at this point. So, right. I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful to see a, a thin little interior in there, but that ladder does kind of... Uh, make me a little bit worried, so we'll see. Yeah, I can. I mean, it's an RSI ship, and if, it, if the constellation's anything to take from it, I mean, that thing has collapsible oh. tables, and I, I'd imagine they they might sneak something in there storage-wise or something something along yeah. the lines. I am but, hearing that the next thing that we talk about, we probably should have done this earlier, is um, Inside Star Citizen has shown that both pilots use a ladder to get in. So, oh, never well, mind. Hey, that goes my life. Yeah. You yeah, figured it out? Well, um, well, I guess we'll find out here in a minute. I'm going to be stubborn and say I still hope there's a tiny interior in there. <laughs> well, we can dream, can't people? It's in concept. Yeah, yeah. We can dream, right? So with that being said, I, I, I think we should, aside from the Inside Star Citizen, maybe move past that and just... Because it's been officially announced and this is our first podcast, just briefly maybe dedicate a couple minutes to CitizenCon 2951 just because it's been talked about and unfortunately it's not going to be an event that we can actually go to because i know we have mentioned mm -hmm. that before we wanted yeah, to meet yeah. up we wanted to invite all the viewers who were going to be there grab a couple of drinks and uh talk star citizen and unfortunately we yeah. won't be able to do that in person guys uh, which will it, it sucks you know i was really looking forward to it um but that's okay we're gonna make the most of it 
Uh, just know that I'm sure Zero has something planned. I most definitely have something planned for CitizenCon. It'll be a, a, a virtual thing. Um, everyone's got tickets uh, to CitizenCon. It's going to be on October 9th, 2021. So just save the date, take the day off. Um, there's not a whole lot of information on it right now on what's um, going to be displayed or what kind of you know online events and contests they're going to have. Just know October 9th, CitizenCon um, this year. Yeah, and for anyone who was planning on going to LA, it ain't happening. Yeah. Uh, for the record, the you can buy the Stinger Paint standalone for eleven dollars. I wanted to mention that too. Um, nice. I think it's it's the paint that is probably the most worth eleven dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> that I've seen. Uh, it's a very cool looking paint job. Um, Unique. But again, if you know if you're gonna go for the Scorpius, if you really want to go for the Scorpius, check out that War Bond. Um, see if you can find a way to get into that because that's gonna include the Scorpius as well. So. Okay, now while we were setting up, the Inside Star Citizen Sting operation dropped, um, and I I think we wanted to try to watch this live. I know to anyone on Spotify, this is going to be a little rough, so we're gonna we'll do our best to narrate afterwards, or if we see something catchy on the in between, uh, we'll pause mm-hmm. it and and chime in on it. But you can find all of this through your your Star Citizen launcher and alternatively through the RSI website. So yep. just bear that in mind. So I'm gonna um, let you. Sonoda. Yeah, I'm going to, if we hit play at the same time, which is what our plan was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to take just a quick break while it begins. I've got a wireless headset, so I can still hear. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you see anything right away. But I'll be gone for about one minute, and then I'll be uh, I'll be back. So I'm going to let it play when we hit go, and I'll be, I'll be back in a minute. Yeah? Okay, you want me to count it down? Do it, man. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, press and play. The RSI stuff is always a little bit tricky because it's got Chris's name attached to it, right? <laughs> it's always just a little extra pressure. Basically, taking what we've done previously and just and pushing it again. And just breathing new life into it. And finding ways that we can keep the RSI style interesting, um, but also keep it fresh for the players. It always has that iconic uh, shape. I'm going to take over Zero Stream until he gets back. We have a lot of fighters in Star Citizen, and they cover a huge plethora of combat stars. Oh, One yeah. area that we have only a few ships filling is this two-person heavy escort fighter role. So RSI is typically, you think of it as a more civilian or utilitarian manufacturer, but they do actually dabble their hands in military and which I like about them. Fighting ships. You have it doesn't Bengal, come come over, uh, you know, Pinnacle, overtly. You have the Polaris, and now you have the Scorpius. So when we were designing the Scorpius, we obviously had that classic silhouette. We're always looking at silhouettes, and there was, you know, there was a funny stage where I kind of thought that maybe we were going a bit safe in some areas. So I did a couple of sort of, I would call them wacky, but was sort of slightly more sort of modified RSI style basically there were hints of it in there but it's really started uh, that was weird looking of, all, of like entering into a new generation of RSI so we had about 20 20 maybe more um, and then <laughs> you know it's just a process of refinement narrowing it down what do I like what does Chris like and ultimately we ended up on the one that had sort of a, an X formation it's common within sci-fi, but we've yet to do it in the Star Citizen universe. I was just like, let's just own this. 
this is where we've arrived. Looks really cool. Let's, let's just go for it. The RSI Scorpius is a two-player ship. Uh, it has a pilot and a remote turret gunner. They both access the ship via a oh, side yeah, ladder, much like some of our other ships. And what makes this ship different to our other fighters in this area is that second player has access to a remote turret that can also change states and sort of back. back around to the underside of the ship. So uh, if you are in a scenario yeah, where they just you started talking about the uh, attacker the above or below you and your pilot cannot uh, alter course for whatever reason, you yourself are able to go move the turret. Uh, can we pause it? Yeah, pausing it. All right. So um, that rail turret is actually really cool. Um, and I, I like it a lot. The deployable, um, also, right? I noticed, kinda yeah, comes the up. deployable, yeah. Um, and I, I kind of like. I'm really enjoying the flatness of the ship when the turret is in the back position. Um, it, it looks a lot more sleek when there's not that big goofy turret on the top, you know. Yeah, I think that he said it pretty well. It's got a very civilian look to it, mm -hmm. and then when it yeah. when it deploys, that's when you know it's like, hey, I ain't, I'm not fucking around now. And I, that's what I like about RSI is all of their ships do that. All of them. They may not have that, that action into one degree or another, but this one in particular, um, that's what is talking to me right now. Yeah. All right. Shall we continue? Yeah, let's do this. Go. Okay. I think for the fans, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a more interesting sort of um, experience for them. In different situations, you're going to have be able to make that call. Where do you want the turret? On the top or the bottom? It does have its limitations, you know, it's not like a magic gun that gives you all-round cover over everything, which I kind of like. I like it when, when our sort of, our systems do have some limitations and they're not all just like, all singing, all dancing, can do everything. A really nice feature of this turret, unlike some of our other turrets in the game, is no matter what state it is in, you are in a consistent viewpoint. So when you get to that transition point where it goes from the top of the ship to the bottom, your view stays the same way up it. Oh, wow. Nicely gimbals around. Uh, so you don't have this awkward bit where you might be yeah, attacking agree. That's someone nice. you want to change yeah. positions, and halfway through your view flips 180 degrees, you get disorientated. That doesn't happen. It keeps it the right way up the entire time. So the pilot has access to four size 3 mounts on the wing tips. These come with size 2 gimbaled weapons by default, so you have a lot of forward-facing firepower there. And then you also have two missile racks built into the hull, and these come with four size 2 missiles uh, by default on each side. So, again... RSI finally learned how to do landing gear, I see. The they can concentrate on just Fucking flying constellation. attacking things in their <laughs> frontal arc. Of course, I'm biased. I think totally the ship fits i think uh you know we're as we develop these ships over the years you know it's always how to push them further make them keep players interested want to pause it one more time to yeah let's do it okay so hmm i don't know if you're looking at the exact same thing i'm gonna check uh you are um so the size actually, I don't know if it worries me a little bit, but I just want you guys to know they called this a heavy fighter. And right. in size, it's a heavy fighter. In weapons complement, it's a heavy fighter. But apparently it's got two size one shields. I I can't fathom it. It it's it's it it just is insane to me. 
the more I think about it. And I, I don't mean to, to harp on that too much, but that seems just crazy. Like, at least give it a Banu Defender's single size two shield, right? Right. Yeah, I think... Or three um, size ones or something like that. Armor will help, I'm sure, but we don't know about armor yet, so... I, th I think you, you kind of... You, you said it, you said it proper before despite what it showcases despite what it says on the on on paper that you know that you have that paradigm of heavy fighter elusive you know etc and i think it's just classifying in a certain way or however they're doing it mm -hmm. um and what we see and how it's going to feel and what's shown on paper just i think it's just going to feel different um, yeah, true. They, true. They're just trying to put it into a pocket, you know, and I think Heavy Fighter is just the pocket they're putting it into. Could be, yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like we were talking about earlier that, that you know, it, it has strengths and weaknesses, and if, if the strengths reach a certain point um, where it's in that Heavy Fighter category, the weaknesses may be overshadowed by those strengths if you use it right within that Heavy, heavy Fighter class. So, yeah, that makes a little bit of sense. It's just uh, looking at the size of it, I'm going... That's a ship that should be protected by a single size two shield or three size one shield, you know, something like it. Just and it just doesn't spark to me as, as two size times one size one shields. But I guess we'll see what they do with it. So, yeah. Um, ready to keep going? Let's do it. Go. Right. Visual engagement, I guess. Like you know, it's always a challenge. You know, how to improve and push. Uh, almost like a virtual design house, isn't it? <laughs> so. That's always the challenge, but also keep the DNA. Um, you want people who are fans of RSI to feel like, yeah, this is this is hitting the beats, yeah, but it's also feeling fresh. Um, and I think with, you know, n normally we don't have wings on uh, RSI ships. Often it's sort of uh, nacelles and uh, movable parts like that. So this is kind of a hybrid. So it's push. It is pushing. That's pyro in the background. So the Scorpius adds Lava. an additional multi-crew ship to the game, and one that really takes the, the fight to other players. Uh, I think it's going to be quite popular in fleet battles. Uh, you always need these supporting ships, and we always try and make uh, getting more people in a ship beneficial than having multiple ships. He just called it a supporting and as we ship. And improve upon the multi-crew aspect. Uh, <laughs> Confirmed. Really that ships like the Scorpius are just going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. The Scorpius is the latest offering from the RSI Applied Innovations Group on Killian, and you can learn even more about it tomorrow when it makes its full debut on day one of Invictus Launch Week 2951. But up next, it's time for another environmentally themed sprint report. Away we go. He was wearing Let's a duck tail shirt. Off by catching up with the oh, first progress on hospitals. In this case, Brentworth and New Babbage, which is currently in final art phase. Now, if you've been following along all quarter, you can see things really starting to come together now, as most of these recent sprints have been full of polish passes on things like more signage coming through, those gurneys and props we saw earlier being placed about, finalization of floor details like the cut-in glass and botanicals underneath, the architecture that's really starting to come through now, floor decals, signage above the doors, and more. I'm glad it looks so good, because with the way I play, I've no doubt hospitals will be my most visited locations. You'll soon be number two, prison. Jeez. Moving on to some technical advancements, 
Members of the Planet Tech team are currently in a series of R&D sprints exploring an improved canyon experience for future locations. Oh, I like what that. What you're seeing here I bet you isn't do. an actual planet that's being made for the game, but one of many prototype zoos oh. we've discussed on ISCs. Imagine those like mountains. That. Now, prototype oh. asset zoos like this wow. are a great way to test many different options at once. And the main purpose here is to develop Can we a just pause it real quick? Pause it right there. Yeah. This. So, so anyone who's listening, basically, it's, it's showing uh, in the sandbox editor here uh, for Stanton. It's showing just massive Grand Canyon-like ravines. Uh, they're, they're huge uh, in scale, I'm sure, if you were standing next to it. But th that's what we're looking at right now. So I'm sure a lot of yeah. us are just thinking low-flying. Maybe you could hide a ship in there if you're a criminal. Or maybe you just you want to explore. They're, they're huge, and they're, it's just littered in, in the maze. Uh, uh, type layout here on this planet or moon, whatever, wherever this is at right now. Now, I'm going to say something too about this image. I don't know if you stopped at the exact same spot I did, but it's pretty close. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those sheer cliff faces, and we've seen this on Daymar and other um, and other uh, planets as well, and in other games for a very long time, anytime that there's a, a sharp rise or drop in elevation, you see textures get stretched. Um, right. And, and it, it looks weird when you're up close. Um, in this case, we've been pretty close in these flybys to some of these, right? And uh, the textures melding quite nicely into that sheer drop-off is really cool. And I think we're going to see more about that would be my guess. But, it's almost um, layered, and it, it does. It, it looks really good. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Yep. Go! Stretching and artifacting that currently occurs when you stretch one of our height maps too high or too steeply. There you go. Currently in game, there we go. many of our canyon walls are popcorned with smaller rocks to help disguise this and provide a better read overall. But these new tests are designed to add geometry breakup. I on swear the to God, if this is a big giant penis, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> now, these experiments are the next step in creating more or like dynamic a Pico surfaces face. for oh, star yeah. citizens, planets, and moons, and will only continue to get better looking and oh, more realistic as the team continues their efforts. Now, it's been a month since we last looked in on the continuing work building our upcoming colonialism homesteads. We're looking at props, you know, everybody. I couldn't believe it either. So let's check in with some of the prop plants currently in development. Now, the team is looking not just for a variety of different shapes and silhouettes, but also the potential for indoor personal harvestables that players can pick and the variations of all of these at different stages of life and death. So great. Another chance to disappoint my mother by being unable to keep house with those square leaves in the real world. I don't know. And now virtual. Kind of weird. As for the homesteads themselves, they're working their way through Gray Box now. So let's take a look inside at this internal review that was done just a couple weeks ago. Oh, I'm liking that. The drapery. Yeah, same. We're looking at inside like homesteads, guys. Yeah. Wow. That's neat. Yeah, I like it. I like the aesthetic a lot. Little mix of stone in there with some uh, metal. Missing some textures, a, I think, but. It's a very chilly, negative 59 degrees Celsius. On this and outside. weird world. Whoa! Okay, we're going to see more of that planet starting uh, next week. Can we pause week. it for a second? Oh, yeah, pause it right there. What was All that? Right. So you're at, uh, where are you at, 9, 940? 
933. Do you want me to go forward a little? 33. Okay. No, I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go back a little. Okay. So, so we're, we're at 933 and it's, it's, for everyone listening, it's looking outside of a window at a homestead. It looks like there's some lava rivers in the distance here on a little plateau. Yep. I'm kind of curious about something. You want to back up to 925 with me? 925. I'm there. Be, okay. Is this right here? Looking at kind of an orange door, basically. Yeah, I'm looking at the orange door. Yeah, I see it. All right. Let's play it real quick and just let's let's take another look as we leave outside. I want to see that planet again. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. You call it. Uh, three, two, one, go. Let's just watch this one more time. Yep. Yep. And outside. Whoa. Okay, we're gonna see more of that planet starting uh, next quarter. That's a lot of sulfur. Is what wow. that is. The yellow. Yeah. J just paused it uh, again and taking a look. Uh, what? Just one more time here at 9.32 and looking at the, the outside of the vista to the expansive uh, terrain in those lava fields and distant mountains, crescent hills. Yep. Um, wow. I mean, obviously, I that looks like pyro, this, right? I, I assume it's in pyro. It looks like a sulfur planet. Like, it's, like it's very sulfurous. Um, a lot of the rocks have yellow spots all over them. I see that, I, I yeah. think, actually, a lot of the yellow streaks you see are actually like sulfur deposits in the distance that might be some some lava flows but um mm -hmm. i think a lot of what we're seeing is sulfur yeah interesting interesting to say but it's, our... it's i would say it's definitely in pyro and what's interesting about this is that it mm -hmm. looks like and i've talked about this a lot um the ways the, the way that i i'll just give a quick rundown the way that i would love to build homesteads is I would love for homesteads to be you go to a kiosk at some major area and you say I want to build a homestead I have I want to buy this plot of land it's available I buy it and then you say I want my habitation area to be made by Crusader because I like what they have to offer I want my vehicle garage to be made by um, Anvil because I want it to be like really nice and tough or whatever it might be and I want my you know landing pad to be made by Drake I don't know right uh, because I want it to blow up when I try to land on it or something. Uh, hey uh, and and uh, so then you, you, you hire these contractors and then there may be like a discount per contractor. So like if, if you say, if, you know, if I get Crusader to do everything at my homestead, then Crusader gives me a big discount based upon the fact that I'm doing multiple things with Crusader. So then every day, every 24 hours, let's say, um, or every 12 hours, I don't know, there's an update to these my my homestead site and i can go on site to see where they're at and i'll see npcs walking around and vehicles moving around i won't see things being built actively but if i flew away for 12 hours and came back i would see them at a new stage of development over a period of let's say seven or 12 days depending on my homestead and you know i've paid for it up front the blueprints are there i've built the entire thing in the blueprint manager or whatever mm -hmm. and then the contract companies come out build the facility over a period of time and i get to kind of watch them build it you know what i mean and i think that's the... really cool and i'm kind of seeing that in this image actually when i'm kind of looking at the homestead there's different outlying buildings um and and i really like that you can see the ground has been kind of flattened so there's clearly some kind of planetary you know uh, terraforming ground, action yeah happening. ground shaping tech at play you know, that kind of thing, I think, would build a lot of realism. You can actually see if you look close. I don't know if you're looking at the same spot I am. I'm I am, at yeah. nine, 936. If you yeah. look down 
by on the right side there's actually people standing down there you see that i do Little gray I, things I, I do see it yeah, yeah so you could, you could see them at the bottom kind of right showing you showing you some of the scale i think which is kind of interesting um curious so yeah. to speculate anyway. the modules for homesteading you know just like you're talking about being able to order mm -hmm. different parts seeing the different stages of construction maybe not active construction like you said but coming back over time and you see you know progress has been made you know depending on what type of module you're ordering from what type of manufacturer you know may have certain benefits um to the planet or moon you're you're trying to inhabit for sure yeah for sure yeah definitely yeah. definitely yeah very cool stuff i've homesteads oh looking forward to that so much um that'll that'll be a really immersive thing to wake up in your homestead mm -hmm. in your bed and then be like oh yeah i had to build my landing pad which or my landing you know bay or whatever um my hangar like a kilometer away so i better get into my great or my gray cat you know gold standard ptv mm -hmm. and tootle on over there to get in my ship for the day and i just think that's really cool that level of you know yeah well, it goes steps to do it goes yeah. hand in hand with with the easy haves in my opinion you you have a stake in the world now this is yours this is your homestead yeah. you have something to defend it could be taken from you you can lose it you can keep it and improve it same thing with the easy haves you know or a, a bed that you're renting out somewhere it's not something that's just relatively instant i mean that's yours you're renting that out you own it you, this is your piece of land like this is yours yeah. you know, there's not a duplicate somewhere okay they, like this is yours right here yeah, and i exactly. it's just interesting. it makes it more real at that point Definitely, for sure. Yeah. Um, Call. How do you defend? That's great question. Uh, was posed. How do you defend when you're not logged in? I have no idea. I have no idea. There's many ways. I mean, they, I mean, we could speculate that to the cows go home. You could hire security, you know, yeah. player or AI. Maybe you'll have some kind of targeting defense system, just like the compounds do in game right now, where you have turrets shooting up at people. Um, I definitely think it sh it has the. I think you should be able to lose it. Like if Joe Blow down the street came and he was like, hey, I want this place, he can try to attack it and you should be able to try to defend it offline and online for sure. Yeah, I mean, and that's I suppose the idea there would be, I own this plot of land and I own the buildings on it. If somebody kicks me out of it for a temporary period of time, it's just like a stolen ship, mm -hmm. right? Uh, yeah. And I can get the UEE involved or whatever security system is present or private contractors and say, this guy kicked me out of my home. He's stolen my things, and I want to go take it back. Because, and here's here's my deed to the property. I own this property. Yeah. And then the security systems, the UEE, you know, whoever might get involved. Hurston Dynamics, uh, Hurston Security, rather Crusader Security, whatever, might get involved at that point and be like, yeah, that is your property, and we're gonna bring some security personnel down to help you take it back. So absolutely, I like that idea. yeah, absolutely. Root root out. The uh, maybe you got nine tails. You got a nine tails yeah. nest in there. You know, it's your land. Yeah. You own it. You got the certificate for the damn thing. And now you can contact, you know, the advocacy mm -hmm. office or the proper authorities, whatever, yeah. however CIG does it. You know, it's a it's a really cool idea, and I like that. I don't know what they're yeah. gonna do, but that if I had to do it, that I think that's the yep. way to do it right there. Or generating a mission for another player, like let you yeah. put out a mission that says like, hey, I've got this homestead. It's at this location, and it's got bad guys at it, and I need them cleared out. And I like somebody, it. You, you wake up the next morning and you get a little notification that says, hey, somebody completed your contract and your homestead is clear. Yeah, you know, Zero go, State go Live completed the contract. He took the AK yeah. you were offering to clear out the nest, just like you can do right now. I like it. I like that idea yeah, a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's cool. All right. Shall we continue? Go live now.
Maybe As not, for maybe this not live, quarter, I don't know. Let's jump into the most anticipated location making its way into the Star Citizen universe in the upcoming oh, there it is. 314. The VFX team recently completed a sprint bringing the nighttime emissive particles that were previously developed for the nightclub in Wally's bar and expanding on it. Hold up, pause it real quick. Pause it. I'm sorry to do this to you, but he just said nighttime emissive particles. I'm pretty sure what he meant to say was nocturnal emissions. Shall we keep going? I think it's okay, and I respect you for pausing it there. It was needed. Okay. Press play now. Now this looks pretty good, but when this gets layered in with the finished lighting pass and the nighttime gas clouds in the background, I'm, I think it's safe to say we're going to be in for something truly special when both Crusader and Orison arrive in the upcoming Alpha 314. Stratus. So what did we learn this Strat. week? Well, we learned that RSI is looking to, to break out of its shell and stretch its proverbial and literal wings in new and exciting directions. That Planet Tech continues to innovate and improve in their desire to make each new planet better than the last. And that Orison is going to set a brand new benchmark for landing zones when it arrives at the end of this quarter. Now, don't forget that Invictus Launch Week officially begins tomorrow, where you can journey through a jumbo javelin, uh, breathe in a behemoth Bengal, and fly nearly every fighter for free. You could say I'm always about abusing alliteration. Jesus. We're inside Star Citizen. Oh. I'm Jared Huckabee. Oh, boy. See you all next week. Thanks, Jared. Ooh. Well, that was a pretty good inside Star Citizen. Um, I think they spent a lot of time on the Scorpius, which is mm. fine. It's uh, it's a pretty cool new toy that everybody was curious about. Um, oh, yeah. I really liked, I, I like their sprint reports when they don't just talk about like, we made benches this week. I'm like, okay, great. You continue to make benches. You didn't really need to show me that, whatever. Um, but they talked about some of that stuff and then they moved right into, oh, and here's homesteads. Oh, and here's a planet in Pyro. I think those kind of things in Inside Star Citizen are really interesting, so. Very yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, that was a really good one. I love it when they show the homesteads anyway, so... Yeah. I'm with it. I'm with that one. Yep. Well, where For are we sure. at? You know, I think we might have made it... Uh, did, did we do it? To the, to the end. We might wow. have done it. What, what are we sitting at? Because it reset my timer. What are we sitting at? Oh, uh, I'm not even sure. Two hours, 55 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so that we exceeded our we exceeded our uh, time by two hours, and that was really easy to do, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Mm. Yeah. Well, we we covered it all. We covered we caught up on three thirteen one and the patch notes. We took a look at at a glance at Invictus and um, the launch week. We took a look at the new Inside Star Citizen. Briefly touched on CitizenCon. Uh, went in depth with the Scorpius. Did I mean am I missing anything here? I don't think so. Do we, what and we, do we were do? sad about sad about the roadmap. Other than that. Oh yeah, that's right. We were sad about the ladders and the fire extinguishers. Damn it! I guess uh, um, we weren't we weren't fully prepared for this for this podcast. I don't know how we sign off. How do we sign off? Get out! I'm just kidding. Get, get out of here. Yeah, guys. Um, I mean, I guess we'll talk about. Are you gonna you're gonna keep playing tonight? I gather. Are you gonna are you gonna keep streaming? I'm going, as soon as we end here, I'm going to be taking this VOD and uploading it up over to Spotify and then beginning okay. the process of uploading to YouTube so everyone, uh, we can share it out. Um, right. A little message from me. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Zero uh, and I's first attempt at a podcast, and you could expect many more. It's a lot of fun to talk shop, Star Citizen, without, you know, jumping in and, 
you know, playing Star Citizen, we could focus a bit more on what you guys have to say, you know, get your opinions. I think we, we wanted to squeeze in some time for Q&A, but I, you guys have been kind of doing that all throughout. It's definitely yeah. a learning experience for us. What would you say? I did have one, one quick question uh, from my chat. Thoughts on the two size ones for the Scorpius? I'm not a fan. A lot of people don't seem to mind, which is okay. Mm -hmm. I think it should be one size two, um, or at least, or three size ones, but whatever. They yeah. don't pay me to make up decisions about ships. Yeah. So. That's right. Tell them. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, well, if it's really fast, then maybe. Anyway, you were going to say. That's it. I just wanted to thank everyone. I know we. This is going to be something of a learning process. It was a lot of fun to do. Uh, we're not quite sure on how we're scheduling these out just yet, guys. It's our first time, you know, and we covered a lot of content. Uh, we'll do our best to parse out the info when we upload it to YouTube with timestamps and whatnot. And everyone listening on Spotify, you know, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, truly Absolutely. do appreciate it. Absolutely. Where can they well, find thank you, Zero State Live? For those who are listening, where can they go? If they want to see Zero State Live, where do they go? Uh, it's OnlyFans, a forward slash <laughs> oh, no. zero state. Oh, uh, it's uh, twitch.tv forward slash zero state live. Um, I'm, I'm on Twitter. It's mostly lunacy there. Um, and uh, I think that's it. Pretty much Twitch. Uh, I have a YouTube. Don't do as much with it as I should. There's some helpful videos, but that's about it. But Twitch for the most part. And it's uh, zero with an X, believe it or not. So how about you, Sonoda? Where can we find you? You could find me at Sin at Night. No, I'm kidding. That's what it used to be. You can find me over on Twitch. Uh, I'm going to be starting my new times at 6 p.m. PDT, running probably until midnight and beyond um, over on Twitch uh, forward slash Citizen Sonoda. I do the Twitter thing, unfortunately, so you can find me at CTZN underscore Sonoda. I do post up there occasionally. And I do have a YouTube channel uh, of the same name, and I will be making a regular thing of it soon, especially with the podcast here. And you guys will be able to find the podcast on spotify if you're if you're locating this through twitch on a VOD or through youtube you can find it on spotify all of our podcasts will be uploaded there uh at points of interest a star citizen podcast you guys can find it there i think that's going to do it for us we're going to close this thing out i don't know how to sign off on a podcast Been um, for years. yeah we didn't talk about a sign off maybe we'll have to crowdfund this or, or crowd crowdsource this for next time what pull our it. sign off should be yeah we'll pull um it. well until you know. the next one i'll say I'll see you guys in the verse. Can I steal that? I'm just gonna steal something. I'll see you in the verse. Yeah. Uh, is that what right. is that what Jared says? I don't know. What do you, you you have the last word? I feel like a dick now. Um, man, I was gonna say.